1: I think that was another three by Mason and Incredible performance last night by the Newcastle kid inside of Mackey Arena. And tonight, speaking of record-setting, it'll be LeBron inside of GameBridge Fieldhouse. Kind of a busy Thursday as the Colts continue to add to their head coaching list. And you know, really, Jake. And by the way, good Thursday morning, everybody out there. Thank you to for tuning in to Kevin and Query. This is kind of a fun little early February sports stretch. I think the Pacers have got three really interesting opponents inside of GameBridge Fieldhouse each of the next four nights. Of course, Indiana-Purdue on Saturday speaks for itself. The high school sports scene starts to pick up a little bit more. Girls' basketball sectionals, boys' wrestling regionals. Uh, You don't usually say it like early February, but it's kind of a fun few days here.
2: By the way, did we not lead off the show with I Got You Babe by Sonny and Cher? (sighs)
3: <sighs> spoiler alert it's coming the rest of the show thanks though
2: <laughs> thanks for that what do we know yet mark have we gotten a list of all states uh, that all groundhogs are awake this morning
3: well, we know it's not milltown uh, mel no, i guess it's a little early like fishes but <laughs> starting to reminisce <laughs> was, about those what memories. was his name again
2: mark milltown mel yeah he was the groundhog last year that didn't come out and then didn't they found out gambling that... debts and he got a visit <laughs> um kevin good morning to you yes it was last night Uh, A great performance from Mason Gillis. And you're right. This is a fun stretch. Indiana-Purdue, I love the fact that this matters again. And I know that that sounds crazy because it always matters when it's IU and Purdue. But you get what I mean, right? I mean, you have obviously the number one team in the country and they're playing like it. You have Indiana that is coming off the disappointment disappointment with Maryland. But, you know, it's obviously played well here over the last handful of games. So it's going to be fun. I, I look forward to... One of, the, one of the things that I do every year, I think I told you, Kevin, and I just, I'm i hesitant about this because I don't want to be negative Nancy, but I used to always get a kick out of, I haven't done it every year, but occasionally I would send out a tweet when IU and Purdue plays that would say, the, the theme of the tweet always is, if you are a fan of Indiana or Purdue, tell me the player from the other school that you have to admit you always liked him when they played. And a lot of Indiana fans are like, you know what? I got to admit I loved Robbie Hummel. He, he's usually the most common answer for IU fans about Purdue players.
1: Because he was there for 12 years? Yeah.
2: Chris Kramer gets a lot of votes. Troy Lewis gets a lot of votes, who was a, you know, a local guy that was a likable guy. From the Indiana side, a lot of Purdue fans, usually the runaway, runaway winner, people are like, look, I got to admit I liked Calbert Cheney. He was, you know, he was fun to watch. But I think this year I'm going to do, even though I I don't want to be like negative, but who is the most unlikable player on the other team? Oh, you're going Venom. Yeah, going Venom. It's going to have to be Brian Cardinal, right? And then probably Will Sheehy.
1: Yeah, I thought Chris Kramer was pretty hateable if you're an IU fan. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. By the way, speaking of Purdue, we will have Raphael Davis joining us at 8 o'clock. You saw him last night in the Big Ten Network studio with Bruce Weber. He will join us here coming up at 8. It's, you know, when you look at this matchup on Saturday, you know, 1 versus 21 in the rankings. I was looking at it yesterday, Jake. If you add up, you know, each team's ranking. Again, we haven't had many ranked matchups in the last couple of decades. So 1 plus 21 is 22. That is the smallest number from a ranked matchup we've had since 1994 in Indiana-Purdue. This is very Again, I tweeted out Saturday night. I've repeated it several times this week. It's just rare for someone my age to get Indiana-Purdue with this sort of anticipation. And frankly, I don't think Tuesday loses much luster. I don't think Indiana losing to Maryland is going to matter a whole lot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Come 4 o'clock on Saturday. But obviously, Purdue, more than taking care of business last night, and Mason Gillis has had such an you know, up-and-down career, Jake, mostly from an injury standpoint. I think that has impacted a little bit how consistent his playing time has been. But if you would have said last night, a Purdue player is going to set the Mackey record for most threes in a game, he wouldn't have been in the top four or five names I would have given you. Right. On that list, I mean, he,
2: he, he has been a three-point marksman for them at
1: times. Yeah, he but yes, certainly not in,
2: th- not in those bunches, right?
1: Three was his career high going into last you night. Know, I, but it is just another sign, Jacob, what we've seen from Purdue here as of late of others stepping up. You know, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, they've been relatively consistent. In stepping up, and now it's David Jenkins here and a little bit of Trey Kaufman ran off the bench and Brandon Newman giving a spark. Obviously, Gillis took it to another level last night, but these are all the sorts of things you're looking towards to saying, do you have the makeup to do something really deep into March and April?
2: I think what separates a top-five team from you know, a top-20 team is, although I realize a top-five team is also a top-20 team, but you get what I'm saying. I think the thing that separates a lot of times is you always have your designated guy, Zach Eady, Trace Jackson Davis. But then it's the depth in which you can go to get guys that it wouldn't completely stun you if there is a night that that's their game. And, you know, when you look at Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis is obviously tremendous. But if they need another guy to step up with a 15- to 18-point performance, yes, Jalen hood Shafino can do that. Race Thompson can do that. And then you start to run out pretty quickly of options that you say, okay, that's a guy that it wouldn't shock me if they got 15- to 18. Purdue has four or five guys that at any given – I mean, Fletcher Lawyer has had his game this year, right? Braden Smith has had his night. Last night was Mason Gillis's night. there, but Drake Hoffman Wren has had his night. I mean, there are numerous guys that – can rise to that occasion. I thought last night, while Mason Gillis was outstanding and clearly is the story of the game, the unwritten hero of the game was Brayden Smith. And the way he played...
1: Yeah, nine assists for him. The nine assists, I mean, he
2: just... He quarterbacks it all. That is exactly
1: right. You know, I've made the comparison. I I get Kyle Lowry vibes when I watch Brayden Smith. And I know oftentimes we just go like race for race when we do... So certain comparisons with that, but that's the style that I see when I watch him play. And another thought I had last night watching that game, Jake, I've forgotten this at times with Purdue this season, but are they getting better?
2: That's a good question. I think right now you'd say yes, wouldn't you?
1: Because, again, they're not some senior-laden lineup. Correct. They're not a bunch of fifth-year, sixth-year grad transfers. They are very young. They do not have a lot of super-experienced guys. Honestly, if you want to look at it, if you just look at the starting lineups on Saturday, Indiana's the far more experienced team on the floor from a start-game standpoint in college basketball. And I'm sitting here thinking, boy, some of these guys from Purdue, because... Their supporting cast wasn't doing it to this level earlier in the season. Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer have been pretty consistent, but the others were not. And Gillis, again, you know, he's battled injuries, been in and out of the lineup. But that is a a part of this Purdue team that that I'm like, boy, if you really look at how they've shot it in the Big Ten versus the non conference, they've shot it better. They almost seem to be ascending, and which is wild to say for a team that's been ranked number one now for whatever it is, five six weeks this season. I um. I
2: hesitate to say this because I don't want to jinx anything. But are they peaking, Purdue? Could they be peaking too early, to use that phrase? Yeah,
1: I guess that's a question that you have. But, boy, if I were a Purdue fan, I'd feel pretty good right now about other guys delivering. Because now you're starting to put the seed of doubt into teams preparing. You will have some teams, Jake, that will literally sit there and say, you know what? If Purdue continues to shoot it like this, we're just going to single-team Zach Eady and we're not going to run out to the three-point line. And you, like, crush
2: the will out of people once they – because that's what they do is – again, last night, right? Pick your poison. And you win a game by 20. It's not like you were leading by 20 right You know, there are teams that get out to big leads and then they just – They just have broken you down. Purdue just, it's death by paper cut, man. By the second half, you're down 20. But it's not like they come right out of the box. They are just, they're going to do what they do. And damn you if you try to stop it. 80-60
1: 80-60 to 60 last night, the Boilers over the Nittany Lions. Tonight, the Pacers back in action. First time we've seen them since Sunday. You're going with the uh, old school Pacer lid. That's why I went, a little old school. It's been a while since the Pacers have played a game. Uh, we should find out tonight, and it's just kind of my expectation, Jake. I assume Tyrese Halliburton will be named an All-Star. Um, the coaches vote for the reserves. Jake, he has missed 11 games in a row now. Pacers have lost 10 of those 11. It sounds like he will play tonight. I'm assuming no minutes restriction on him, uh, given the fact that the injury was a little bit more elbow related and less knee related. So, from a conditioning standpoint, you would think he'd be okay. But if this if these two three weeks have taught us, I guess those three weeks have taught us anything. Oh my gosh, does Tyrese Halliburton mean a whole lot to this team? No doubt about that. A whole lot. No doubt about that.
2: You know, I'm curious to see also, I mean, tonight with the Lakers in town, LeBron needs an 89-point performance to become the all-time leading <laughs> scorer in NBA history.
1: you um, imagine if he has like 12 by the first media timeout? All right, here we go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> career high 90. He breaks the record. Um,
1: what is his career high? Is he north of 60?
2: That is a really good question. Mark, I do want to look that up?
1: 62
2: is my guess. What's the most ever in that building? At one point, it was Vince Carter with 50. For some reason, a a big night for Mo Williams is popping into my head. Yes, that sounds correct. I think that's right. I I wanted to say Damian Lillard, maybe.
3: Says his highest uh, point total was 61 points. He scored March 3rd, 2014 against the Charlotte Bobcats.
2: He only needs 29 more than that. Greatest and moment in Bobcats history, right there. Yeah, no kidding. They have a banner for that, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. In the Gamebridge Field, can we look that up also, Mark? Uh, Paul you know, George, Sherman O'Neill, one? Mark. Big you night? know what we do on this program? We educate and entertain. Thank me. you. uh The Gamebridge Fieldhouse all-time scoring record for a game. I, I think it's Mo Williams. Sounds right, actually.
1: Gosh, I remember him just fifty something for sure. I think that's right, fifty-four or something. I kind of forgot. You know, you remember the first matchup between these two teams. That was the Nemhard game winner over LeBron. That's right. Crazy crazy fourth that quarter. That might
2: motivate LeBron tonight. Crazy fourth
1: quarter. Um, again, injury report-wise, it looks like LeBron's going to give it a go. He played on Tuesday, did not play on Monday. The Lakers need wins. They're right in that play-and-mix out west.
2: To do the numbers game, yeah. 90, the number of points that LeBron needs tonight to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Eighty, the number of points last night scored by Purdue. Sixty, the number of points Purdue limited Penn State to. And fifty, the number of interviews Chris Ballard has now conducted. (laughs) Right?
1: I was wondering where you are going with that. That was well done. I thought the Mark Dykton title on the YouTube show was very good for today. Mark, you want to share that for those that haven't seen it? You get a second Colts interview. And you. And you. (laughs) So Aaron Glenn now? Aaron
2: Glenn. gets Gets the call? Aaron Glenn was a nice player. He was.
1: Uh, Yes, Aaron Glenn reportedly today. That would be the eighth interview. Uh, Jake, I I have said this all along. I don't have an issue with the Colts taking as much time as they have. My only question with that is, are you missing out on assistant coaches? That is my bigger question. Because look at the three guys that have taken head coaching jobs so far. Frank Reich, Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryans. If you really want to be honest, the Colts were never going to get any of those three. Ryan's has specific connections with the Texans franchises, wife's from Houston, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously you're not gonna hire Frank Reich, and you never were go- it was probably a mutual thing with Sean Payton. So with Arizona and Indy the only opening, my question now becomes assistance. As long as you can not lose out on key staff members, come September. We won't care that the Colts were the last team to fill right. the head coaching high.
2: The, the question then becomes... Again, I, it is fitting that today is Groundhog Day because this topic feels like exactly that in the movie. But... The two things that I keep going back to... Who would Jeff Saturday bring in as his coordinators? And is that the...
1: I think we're done
2: Jeff. The missing piece? And then secondly how much if at all discussion and or contact was there with Jim Harbaugh the the Jim Harbaugh thing to me is just really peculiar because initially it was it's
1: probably how many would describe him totally
2: but initially it was Harbaugh would like to get back to the NBA or to the NFL okay then you throw in that Michigan supposedly has NCAA investigators sniffing around Ann Arbor, and did they just fire their offensive coordinator? You had well, you had a scandal with one of their coordinator, one of their coaches that that had to leave. It just felt like the timing would have been right. I mean, it, it felt like that report would have been accurate, but by all account, the report was not accurate because then Harbaugh issues like a weird statement. I mean, all of it's weird.
1: Yeah, a couple questions I have on the Colts continuing to interview candidates for a second time jake jim mercy is now involved in the second round of interviews what did i ask of jim mercy a few weeks ago be open-minded don't have an end in sight is this him saying i want to see all these candidates that's possible yeah is that me giving jim mercy too much credit maybe but that's a thought i have the other thought i've had is this could you hire two of these people yeah, that's what I mentioned yesterday. Could you make a combination totally. of staff members? That is a question that I have as well. Except um,
2: for this, Kevin. Let me let me counter those two things with this. It's
1: a little bit glass half full. I will right. admit both those comments.
2: But let me counter with these two things. Number one, and I'm, I'm simply playing devil's advocate. But I like the point about is Aaron Glenn a sign that Jim Irsay is saying, I want to interview all of these guys a second time. Is that, however... Jim Mersey coming in and immediately kind of wielding, taking the wheel from Chris Ballard, which he has the right to do. He's the owner. But in other words of saying, I'm glad you went through the charade of these first interviews and then selecting the second, but I'm just going to go ahead and do all of them. If that makes sense. Yeah. The second being... Um, When you talk about, you know, could you be interviewing guys, as we have talked about, a B enemy for an O coordinator position, even though you're bringing them in, Aaron Glenn maybe for a D coordinator position, even though you're bringing them in under the head coaching guys, if you will. But if there's any franchise that should be forewarned or should have a PTSD about having people come in into the building with either an expected partnership at the hip with somebody that they've not worked with or coming in under the pretense of a different amount of power than you're actually wielding them shouldn't the Colts be the the organization that is the most hesitant of that and the most aware of the danger of it
1: yeah you know honestly Jake I think some people have have the thought that Chris Bauer has been this exhaustive because in case someone does say no to him he's already done all these backup interviews if you will that's fair you know, again, very quick process in 2018. And he warned us of this. He said this several weeks ago. I might go till mid, mid-February. mid And right now, of course, we are into the month of February. Just a couple of notes on Aaron Glenn. We had Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free, Pre- Free Press join us a few weeks ago because Glenn was one of the first names, him and Ben Johnson, the two coordinators for Dan Campbell up there in Detroit. Again, Chris Ballard got a firsthand look at Aaron Glenn during those joint practices at Grand Park. Back in August, Glenn, a very good player, three-time Pro Bowler, former top 15 pick. If you look at Detroit's defense last year, very bad early in the season, much, much better in the second half. They started several rookies on that side of the ball, and it, you, you talk to people close to the Lions, blunt, aggressive, um, players like him, but not because he's soft. You know, those are the sorts of descriptions that they have for Aaron Glenn. He did interview um, with, I believe, Arizona last coaching cycle. His name was thrown around Denver, the Saints, where he came from with Dan Campbell. So just a little bit more on the Aaron Glenn front. I still go back to the guys reportedly each of the last two days Shane Steichen and Brian Callahan.
2: By the way, can I offer an unpopular opinion here? Sure i have a feeling of the two of you and folks that that if you want to envision of course if you see the youtube chat you can see how we do it in this program but if you want to envision the way that the this layout of the studio is the the studio itself the desk is kind of like a horseshoe
1: feel free to hop on youtube as well you can get a little picture that's
2: what i said yeah if you're if you're in your car and you're Trying to envision this. Uh, basically, this is like a horseshoe. Mark sits right in the middle of it at the twelve o'clock position. Kevin sits over on the far left side. Around what are you at? About seven thirty. No, I was and gonna I'm say at, about eight oh. And I'm at like five thirty,
3: right? Eight oh seven.
4: Yeah.
3: Eight oh seven. Well, it's very specific. I was gonna well, say that I we thought I was here. <laughs> I,
2: I was I was about to say, do you want to paint i I'm going picture to upset Mark, but it sounds like Kevin just did it with his time. Yeah. I figured I'm going to upset you when I say this, as I'm looking directly across at you, Mark. When I tell you that I thought Groundhog Day was the most overrated movie of all time,
3: I feel like you have a, a thing against Bill Murray. I do not like, like Bill Murray; he's what?
2: a no talent. However, wow, wow. hold on, it's harsh. He was really good in Zombieland I thought he was funny in that.
1: I think he a no talent for Bill Murray here's the thing.
2: I think Bill Murray, more than probably any other person in Hollywood, seems like a super good dude. Like, I think he's the kind of guy, if you saw him, he would be just a really nice and fun guy. Well, not after what you just said he about him. He seems very down to earth, but... The whole shtick of like, sh- he's been living off the Caddyshack thing for too long. Showing up at Pro Am's and jumping in the water and everybody acting this like week, it's the funniest thing they've that ever seen. Beach. That's where he's at. Uh, okay. Great. He plays the same dry humor guy in every movie.
1: Ugh. ATT Pro Am this week. Bill Murray will be out there. Josh Allen is out there. He's really good, right? So Josh Allen has said no to the Pro Bowl, but yet he's going to play in the golf event this week for the pga tour are you watching the pro bowl skills challenge tonight
2: uh i've got something on the stove that'd be a first for
1: you right i was gonna say i thought you weren't (laughs) a big uh stove i've never cooked
2: anything in my life i have some on the stove so i'll I'll probably check it out i mean it's gonna be great for gas bills (laughs) that's a whole that's the fourth floor
1: Um, Thursday night skills competition at the Pro Bowl. We've got dodgeball. Longest drive, so there will be a golf component to that. Dodgeball. What Um, if somebody
2: blows out a knee trying to escape? You've got like a
1: gauntlet obstacle course. You've got kicking tic-tac-toe. I kind of like that. That's kind of cool. Jugs machine competition, a precision passing competition. There's like a tug of war, it sounds like. So that will be tonight from Vegas, and then Sunday will be the flag football game. That's 7 versus 7.
3: That's where, boy, I'd be worried about some guys is the blowing pro, out knees. Is the, is the flag football game like 15-minute quarters, like a full football game? Not too familiar with the rules. All I know is
1: it's in Allegiant Stadium, so where the Raiders play, 7 v. 7. And then, I, you know, when I see 7 v. 7, obviously no O-line, D-line in the game. So they just show up for the skills well, competition Well, that's pretty tonight. much
2: like the regular Pro Bowl, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the regular Pro Bowl was turning into... To call it flag football would be a slap Here's in the what face they should at, do. at flag football. They
2: should take the quarterbacks in the pro—this is what I would like to see, quite honestly. Take the pro, ba- the, the quarterbacks and have them try to do the—you know like when you go to a Colts game and they bring some jackass out of the stands to try to field punts at halftime? Like a jackass?
1: Boy, he's gone. Bill Murray has no talent and he calls a, a fan that's been chosen to be on the field yeah. a jackass? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm a season ticket holder since '84.
3: I'm a inti- jackass.
2: They intentionally want to make you look like a jackass. As people run around and they fall on their face and they're eight yards from where the ball lands. Mark, I'd like to see. This has not been our best. I'd like to see segment. Josh Allen try to try to. In other words, we think that the quarterbacks are the all-encompassing skill set of an NFL player. But I'd like to see them try to do something that other guys have to do. You know, guys that are lower on the
1: roster have to do and do well. I'd like to see Quentin Nelson in the dodgeball. Yeah? Let's get some alignment out there. Are they not in it?
2: I don't don't know the rules. I just hope... When I played dodgeball as a kid, I think I've told you guys this. At Eastwood Middle School, we had, in in dodgeball, we had two bowling pins. Did you guys ever use the bowling pins? For, like, steal the bacon and stuff. So you have all the... You have two bowling pins that would sit on the free throw line.
1: Oh, yeah. On your side of the court. yeah,
2: Yeah, we did. And if you knocked out one of the bowling you pins,
1: bring somebody back in.
2: everybody got to come back in. Mm-hmm. If you knocked out both, you win the game. Um, the big clay You would always have somebody that would guard the pin. We used Mike Dowrable because he was visually impaired, and so we figured that no one would have the heart to throw to him. It was a brilliant move, and he was great at it, and he had fun with it. And then he said, well, it, it's no fun, though, because I don't know what's going on around me. And that was the start, as I've always said, of my play-by-play career because I would sit behind Mike and and commentate to him what was going on in the dodgeball game. But you could put Quentin Nelson in to guard the pin, but then you would lose the game, right? Would he get bum-rushed back over the pin? Quentin Nelson a year ago would have been unbelievable. What about this year?
1: First text, two pissed in Jake's Cheerios this morning. Second text, Jake needs to see the sun again. This is brutal. It hasn't even been 30 minutes yet. Well,
2: what did I do? I said that I th- I don't think Bill you, Murray's funny.
1: You, you called a fan coming on the field to participate in it. A- halftime show a jackass sure that's the whole idea
2: they it's for the wild entertainment of sixty-two thousand people one of you is going to be made as
1: the sacrificial jackass yeah boy rayfield davis has got to be thrilled to come on here at eight (laughs) o'clock i couldn't be in a better mood i got it this morning i showered got plenty of sleep mark we've bumped scott agnes back a little bit right
3: yeah yeah later at nine o'clock
1: nine o'clock for scott agnes i'm kind of curious do we see buddy healed in the nba three-point contest As well. Uh, All-star. Have him field punts also. Reserves announced tonight. Again, the expectation there. Tyrese Halliburton will get that nod. And he should be uh, back in the lineup as the Lakers are in town. A a one-and-a-half point favorite, LeBron and the Lakers, for tonight. The Pacers, of course, on that big skid without Halliburton. A whole lot to get to. Mason Gillis with a record-setting performance last night inside of Mackey Arena as things now shift towards Saturday between Indiana and Purdue. Kevin Bowen, Jake Quarry, Mark Dykton right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.
5: The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at ballstatesports.com on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. By the way, we have a verdict which we will not yet reveal
2: for you even though I sense some monkey business with the groundhog. Um... We have a verdict from Puxitani, Pennsylvania, which we will get to coming up. Oh,
3: boy. The boy. Pins and needles. <laughs> well, hey. Is that, the, is that the dumbest tradition we have? The Groundhog Day celebration? Are we going to talk about dumb traditions? Because there's a lot of them.
1: We should probably say that for a July show. <laughs> During the All-Star Break. Our
2: our most theological holiday of the year, or one of them at least, involves a guy coming down a chimney. I, I mean, are we gonna oh, really get people? We got people, we got people in the
1: car, Jake, about. with young kids right now. Let's move on. Last I just night, said the guy comes down the chimney. Santa History Claus. History set inside I don't know how of it
2: has anything to do, but that's
1: okay. Mackie Arena. Fittingly, it was a guy from Newcastle doing it, but definitely not the sharpshooter that you would be used to from that town. Mason Gillis, nine three-pointers. That is a Mackey arena record the purdue record one more that would be carson edwards in that elite eight game against virginia mason gillis's career highs before last night 14 points and three threes in a game he more than doubled the career high for points 29 and he tripled his three pointers made career high with nine of them here was mason gillis afterwards on the historic night
6: I mean, honestly, to me, it doesn't feel like I did anything, like, different than other games. I just hit a couple shots, and they kept falling. Um, I think sometimes I hesitate to take some of the shots that I took today. Kind of just prove to myself that I can do it in-game. I mean, I do it every single day, so there's no reason I can't make shots. Sometimes uh, it's more of, like, a self-confidence thing. I kind of hesitate whenever it's a night. The first couple ones went in, and I was like, I'm going to just keep shooting it. My teammates kept getting me the ball, so it worked out. Jake, I think he had the first nine
1: after halftime. That blew the game open. Second half wasn't even close. Honestly, I thought Painter might leave him in. Took him out with just under three minutes to go. But 80-60, dominant by Purdue. Their supporting cast is outstanding.
2: Uh, Elsewhere in college basketball, it was Indiana State, 83-65 winners over Evansville. The Trees now 15-9, 8-5 in the Moval. Missouri State, a 76-67 winner over Valley. Tonight at the Fieldhouse, it is the Lake Show. The Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James... Theoretically, I assume LeBron is going to play, taking on the Pacers. Kevin had mentioned earlier this week that LeBron has faced Indiana more than any franchise in his NBA career. Game is at gamebridge Fieldhouse. Marks the return, it appears, of Tyrese Halliburton, and as well, the first time on the floor for Daniel Tice, who was acquired in trade over the course of the offseason. Rick Carlisle, your thoughts on getting these two guys in the mix?
7: I don't know what that's going to mean for tomorrow. For... For minutes and stuff and we'll have to see in the morning if, if, if uh, everybody's doing okay. Um, I do expect Tyrese to play. You know, Daniel, I mean this is two days of full practice and uh, I know he was a little uh, a little sore last night and this morning, just you know, body soreness from um, this. But, but hopefully this day uh, he feels he feels fine tomorrow. And if he does, there's, there's a chance that he could play. It's not definite, but there's a chance he could
1: play. Yeah, Daniel be Daniel Tice, not your neighbor down the street. Um, he has not played all season. He hasn't played with the Pacers yet since being traded here from Boston. As far as Halliburton is concerned, Again, the elbow more of the concern than the knee. Looks like a little bit of a brace. You would hope conditioning wouldn't be an issue. You would hope he could play in back to backs. The Pacers have the Kings, Halliburton's former team, uh, coming to Indy tomorrow night. Uh, But Jake, we mentioned this earlier. You you got to have him back. Everybody rose on the scouting report, and everybody got really exposed really quickly when Tyrese Halliburton has been out for the last three weeks. He is your engine. He's the head of your snake. Insert all the analogies here. I mean, the guy is 20 and 10 every night. And I think your defense has been hurt by him out. Not because how he defends, because you've turned the ball over at a really high rate. And that then exposes... Your defense. So huge to get him back. The Lakers are a one and a half point favorite for tonight.
2: And speaking of Tyrese Halliburton's old club, Sacramento, 119, 109 last night. Domas Sabonis had 34 points, 11 rebounds. De'Aaron Fox, whose minutes opened up via that trade, 31 points. As Sacramento, I mentioned all this because they will be here tomorrow night. So back to back games for the Pacers in the field. You,
1: you brought up earlier LeBron, you know, played against the Pacers more than any team in the league. I assume, I would have to double-check this, I assume that is the same for Tom Brady outside of the AFC East with the Colts? Uh, Tom
2: Brady, I know, I I believe that's correct, didn't we say? Tom Brady won, what, 12 games against the Colts?
1: Think about that, two generational talents, in LeBron's case, the most games he's played in any team in the NBA is against the Pacers, and in Brady's case, you take out the AFC East. Do you look at that as, oh, that's cool to watch greatness so frequently, or do you say that's bad luck?
2: I have always felt from the Pacers standpoint Kevin that bad luck in this regard and that is that and you could say this for the Colts as well. The fact that the best teams to what you're talking about there the best teams that you've ever assembled came concurrently in the case of the Colts with when the greatest quarterback at least the most accomplished ever was coinciding from the timeline and then for the Pacers the two greatest teams the Pacers ever put together, and one was during Michael Jordan's peak, and the other was at the rise of LeBron James. I mean, that's that's pretty bad Pacers were
1: what? One game and two games short of going to the finals against LeBron twice, and Colts lost to Brady in the AFC title game once or twice? 03 and 04?
2: They lost out. Maybe a fourth divisional. Round. One of them was divisional, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just know it was always misty, foggy, and forty degrees in Foxborough. Mm,
1: right. Of course, that is the given weather there. Uh, speaking of weather, uh, do you want to share the breaking news or no? Uh,
2: we'll do it as soon as we come back. We'll let people know whether or not. So
1: yesterday was Tom Brady's retirement as breaking That's news, right. and today is very similar on the news scale. That's exactly right. Yep, we went from.
2: Um, well, Ozzy Osborne also yesterday, right? I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, Should we do
3: our coach we went from draft? A rat yesterday what? to a groundhog today in the course to of time. Should we tease that? We can do that next or at eight thirty whenever you want to do it.
1: Um, so we have eight Colts candidates. Uh, another one added to the list last night. Boy, you'd feel really bad if you uh, interviewed the first time and you haven't been asked back the second time. Uh, but, <laughs> but there are a
2: what few. did I do? <laughs>
1: yeah, there are a few that would qualify on that list. But at some point in today's show, we'll do a little. Snake draft with these eight candidates.
3: We really need a ninth. So then we all get. I feel like there's three picks. I, I, see, right? I wrote down a list. I've got ten so far that have been second interviews. Well, I do if they've been second interviews, but they've at least they're at least I think candid. They're still in the running. Mm, gosh, I've got eight right now of
1: second interviews. But at some point today, we'll do a little snake draft and pick who we think will be the next Colts head coach. It looks like another nice morning here. I think it's supposed to be warmer than it was yesterday. Um, so it's nice here on a Thursday. Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, and Mark Dykton, 93.51075, The Fan.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new and everything in between.
5: But above all else, I see a shadow on my stage. And so, no matter how you measure, it's six more weeks of winter weather. You are listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. How about of the, the crowd? The crowd goes into hysterics there. Yeah! Like, was, no! was that like
1: Times Square on New Year's?
2: <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. And and Kevin accused me this morning, uh, and good morning to you folks, by the way, it's 18 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock on what looks to be a spectacular Thursday here in Indianapolis. going to be up to 40 uh, clear skies, gorgeous sunrise on its way, and... And I am uh, literally, if you want to know the representation of how I'm feeling this morning, just look at that sunrise. And yet, Kevin and Mark are telling me, uh, I believe you made the excl- you said that I'm
1: being negative. You, you said that. You literally called. People jackasses.
3: Yeah, for I didn't say
1: specifically trying to uh, attempt a fan event at a Colts game. I said, Mark, do we have the audio when the Colts bring the, the, the audio speaks for itself. They're going to bury that audio
2: <laughs> when the, the Colts black guy br- on the when show. they bring somebody out of the audience to try to field a
1: punt. If it was easy, that was not they how you referred to it on the, the first time. When if
2: it was easy, they would just they wouldn't do it. The whole point of it is to show you, a how challenging it is because you, if you're going to win like a Caribbean trip, you've got to do something difficult to do it. So they bring out some guy and they say you're going to be the jackass here that's going to try to field punts. Right? The first
3: forty three minutes, Jake is hated on Bill Murray. Let, yeah, me Let me ask you something. Fan interaction and Christmas. Let me ask you something. Are you a fan, Christmas. Mark, are
2: you a fan of uh, Johnny Knoxville? Yes, of course. Are you a
3: fan of Steve-O? Yes. Okay, what's the name of their movie? Jackass Why? The movie. Why? Because they do stupid stuff. Yeah, that's not that's Daniel that. down
1: the street. Yeah. That you were referring to as a jackass. I, I believe
2: my, that jackass. Is, I've never seen
3: someone get called out of a fan, you know, thing and do something with a blue car that I've never it's seen. It's both before. an
2: adjective and a verb. You're, you're you're coming out there because you're well aware of the fact that you're not going to come within ten yards of that football. All I'm saying is, but but back to the point. So I, I'm very upbeat and enthusiastic and sunshiny this morning. But my question is, with the Groundhog Day, I've never understood this. If he sees his shadow. What's the ingredient necessary to see your shadow? The sun. Okay. What warms the planet? The sun. So why in the world, if you see your shadow, is that the indicator that winter is coming for six more weeks? But, Shouldn't it be the other way around?
3: What, what, what's actually, the you're one thing, asking a rodent about the weather. What's I don't the one thing we logic. don't yeah, see mark, enough of during the wintertime?
1: My, my bigger question is, do we have a procreation update on Phil? What happens when Phil's six feet under for good? <laughs> well, oh. apparently, apparently you got to ask. What is it, Motown Mill? No,
3: Milltown Mill
1: is Mil-town dead. Milltown him. him no longer with us. Is that Rest Phil's peace, uncle? Rust <laughs> in power. So yes, the groundhog. They were actually has seen do- they were dorm mates in college. In <laughs> shadows, six to more Penn weeks. State. <laughs> Of winter, but as Jake said, it does look like a nice Thursday here in Indianapolis. We've added another name to the Colts' second interview list. That would be Aaron Glenn. That would make eight. So, do I have this right? Eric Bieniemy, Bubba Ventrone, Mike Kafka? Are those the three that interviewed initially that are... We have not seen them reportedly for a second interview? Well... Um, missing anybody
2: yeah who was the uh
1: you had a couple withdraw Dan that Dan
2: Quinn and Ben Johnson Ben Johnson withdrew right um
1: well and then obviously of course they never interviewed Ryans right never interviewed yeah D'Amico Ryans before we get into the Aaron Glenn again I, I want to focus on Shane Steichen and Brian Callahan here for a second Steichen the Eagles OC calls the plays we'll do it in the Super Bowl Brian Callahan the Bengals OC both have very impressive quarterback backgrounds. They would be my two favorites right now. Jake, what do you put more stock in? Do you put more stock in the fact that Shane Steichen has called plays versus Brian Callahan having not called plays, or do you look at Brian Callahan and say, former NFL head coach or former son of an NFL head coach? He's worked with kind of a variety. of of quarterbacks. Steichen's quarterback resume is also pretty impressive, but I'd say Callahan has a little bit more of a notable QB background.
2: I almost give it a push, and I'll tell you why. Because both of them are currently working under younger head coaches that just kind of have a cool energy and vibe about them that you would hope kind of rubs off on them where they see how that translates. Like, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. The Colts have gone with... You know Frank Reich wasn't a retread by any stretch obviously but he'd been around and we knew of him and he's not he doesn't ooze personality per se you know he's a calming leader if you will um Chuck Pagano wasn't a head coach before we didn't know as much about him but he was you know kind of like that quiet steady leader like I kind of want some young blood in there you know, just a younger guy. Like if you look at really? the trend, really, I thought
1: you were a Dan Quinn guy. A, a,
2: I, a week I liked or Quinn so because gone. I liked of his, I liked his resume. But but of the guys that are around there, I, and when I look at the coaches that are, I mean, Andy Reid is obviously the exception here. But I, I saw an, an interesting interview with Mike Tomlin where he was asked if you could take any coach currently coaching, and put him on your staff, who would you pick? And he said Andy Reid was his favorite coach in the league. Mike Tomlin did. But then his second name was Raheem Morris. said he really liked Raheem Morris. They're good friends, but that he respected him as a coach. But so outside of Andy Reid, I just think the trend seems to be like younger, kind of fresher guys that players energize around. I, You know, it. I've always wondered at the professional level, what sort of things are you going to tell guys or come up with for guys that they didn't already know? Isn't it more just about providing them a leadership and forcing in them a desire to, to get the most out of themselves? You know what I mean? Like
1: yeah, I I think self motivate I think motivation's a little bit more there in college than it is in the NFL. I think players have You think it's shit. about
2: personality meshing?
1: Personality meshing is one, but Jake, I I do think schematically, players aren't dumb. You don't get to this level without some football intellect. You want to make sure that you show up on a Sunday and you feel confident in whatever game plan these coaches have implemented. So I think that matters as well. Um, On the Aaron Glenn front, again, Lions defensive coordinator. You talk to people around the Lions organization. Blunt, aggressive That's how they would describe Glenn. You look at Detroit's defense last year, struggled big time early on in the year, made huge improvements in the second half, and that was, of course, when Detroit got in the playoff picture and almost made it. You know, when I look at Aaron Glenn's resume, I kind of draw back to, you remember when Mike Vrabel was hired in 2018? When Mike Vrabel became the Titans head coach, he had only been coaching the NFL for four years. And had only been a coordinator for one of those four. Like, I've heard a lot of people reach out and say, none of these hires excite me. None of these hires, you know, have whatever, a long, lengthy resume. I mean, if you look at a Sirianni, you look at a Zach Taylor, you look at a Mike Vrabel, when those respective hires happened, do you think they wowed the fan bases in those cities? You know, maybe Vrabel as an ex player did it a little bit more than Sirianni or Taylor, but. I think we just get too caught up in the flash, and while that might excite people in February and March, when August and September roll around, who cares? Do you remember, we talked so much about winning the press conference.
2: Who had the most mocked press conference of the last five years in the National Football League? Probably Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. Didn't he make some comparison about potted plants or something? And people are like, what is this guy talking about? And he was nervous. And and now he's like this cool, poised, cool dude, right? And he's one win away from a Super Bowl victory. I mean, we get too caught up, I think, in the press conference sometimes.
1: I'm going Steichen or Callahan. That's who you think it'll be? And I'd probably side towards Callahan, me personally, but I'd be fine with Steichen. You know, the thing about Steichen that you probably like, Jake... Callahan's quarterback resume: Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow. You know when he when he was coaching with Manning, when he was coaching with Stafford, when he was coaching with Carr. While those guys had some really nice individual seasons with Callahan, they were pretty established. In Steichen's case, he was with Burrow, or excuse me, he's with Herbert. First year. Herbert was in the league as coordinator. And then obviously Jalen Hurts has only been in the league for a couple of years. So do you look at Steichen and say he was a little bit more with the younger group, the development group, that would pair better with seemingly the Colts drafting a quarterback here in the top five?
2: When you look at those quarterbacks, if someone came to you and said, "Here are the quarter- here's my resume, here are the quarterbacks I've worked with, and it's those names, Joe Burrow, Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, I- Do you look at it and say, wow, this guy is a quarterback whisperer? Or do you look at it and say, yeah, I mean, Elmer Fudd could coach those three guys. Well,
1: I I guess let's look at both of the groups. you got to drop back. And you pick which one you would rather have.
3: Read read your options. (laughs) Sounded kind of like a high Elmer Fudd there. This has been one of the more interesting first hours we've ever
1: done. If you, if you I are Chris a Ballard thing. and you are hiring the next Colts head coach, which quarterback resume would impress you more? Shane Steikens, Phillip Rivers, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, or Brian Callahan's Peyton Manning, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow? The first. Because the, there's youth? Correct. There's more youth on there? Correct. You you I would argue youth and different styles.
2: That also, yeah, it's more versatile, right?
1: And Steichen also calls plays. Again, I don't think that's like some major prerequisite. Uh, Ah, P.O. But I do think the fact that you felt the pressure of game days is important. Deep down, you don't want
2: to recognize that the Elmer Fudd stuff is actually fairly amusing, do you? I
1: I do think some of your impressions are adequate to slightly above-adequate. I don't think elmer fudd's on that list oh I, I i'm not saying
2: it's very good but now who who did you say Derek carr was one of those because you know where he plays right you know who he is playing for for the major the way <laughs> in my opinion that sucked i'm done i'm done doing elmer fudd i promise now Ray i Phil might davis tra- in a
3: few here I may transition yeah, to I, porky pick here know. he might have heard the first hour and said <laughs> i
2: forget it what what do you get on me for I didn't, I didn't mention you well, by what name. What do you hang me for? What are you hang me for? <laughs> now I'm doing bye.
3: I want to talk to you.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, I think, Kevin, in the end, I, I still believe, and we're going to do like our little snake draft of who we think it's going to be. Uh, Aaron Glenn is a curveball to all of this, and it makes you wonder at the last hour like, wait a minute, is he now suddenly a front runner? Because why else would they call him back in after yeah. they've gone through it, everybody else?
1: Again, is this Let's Jim Irsay wanting to see everybody? Or is that too optimistic? If you're Aaron Glenn, I mean, I guess, you, you
2: of course, you're going to do it, but aren't you like, wait a minute, why didn't you call me the same time you called everybody else back? It's
3: probably like like picking out a wedding dress. Like, let me see that first one again. Bring that back out here. Try I 10 other ones. I think Aaron Glenn and Brian Callahan have both interviewed in
1: Arizona, which I think is worth pointing out, considering that is the only other opening right now. Maybe Jero Evero as well. Those would be the three names on the Colts list that I think Arizona has interest in. Uh, but as I said earlier, I think unless you're worried about building a staff, assistance-wise, all it is is just testing our patience. The Colts taking so long.
2: Uh, right here, I love this version of Jake. Somebody just say, "I'm the same version I always am."
3: Who wrote that? Huh? Who wrote that? Exactly. Karen, I don't know. There's Karen Query. Stop. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a burner account, I guess.
1: All right, uh, Rayfield Davis going to join us here in a few. You saw him last night on Big Ten Network with Bruce Weber and Dave Revson. We'll obviously get a look into this Saturday down there at Assembly Hall, Indiana, and Port Purdue. Boy, God, that is a beautiful look right next to Riley Tower. I'm telling you, it's a great looking morning outside. No Ride, shock, Phil saw rise the shadow. And shine. <laughs>
3: Okay. Are we going to break now? Can we just, finally...
2: You just hit the button. <laughs> I'm getting rave reviews on my Elmer Fudd, by the way.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: It's not really what I'm seeing in my mentions. <laughs>
2: Josh, no, what? what are you talking about? Derek says, listening to Quarry amuse himself in the background. Well, uh, now, come on now. Imitating Elmer Fudd is getting my morning started off right. Yeah, see, exactly. Now, Ryan says, are you doing all right this morning? Did somebody hurt you last night? Sounds like you're having a rough morning. How could you possibly listen to me this morning and think I'm in a bad mood? I don't understand the Groundhog Day thing, though. Mark's got the audio. What? Just beca- Let's ask Rafael Davis. We'll let him. He's not been listening this morning.
1: Boy, I'm sure this is, is exactly what he wants. 7 o'clock Central Time and... Listen.
4: Probably will, up late last night in him, studio.
2: We we will ask him if if he thinks it is a... I'm not going to tell him which way I lean on this, right? So we'll, we'll bring him on the program right now before we get to talking about college basketball. Ray we're going to need you to play Judge Judy here real quick. Is that okay? No, I got you. Okay. Um, at Sometimes at Colts games at halftime, they bring out... A fan to try to catch like the punt, sim, the punt machine, and like people always like they never come within like 10 yards of it. People like get all turned around and they fall on their face and whatever else. And is it a harsh comment to say that, yeah, at an NFL game, they always bring some jackass out of the stands to like make a jackass out of themselves for the amusement of the crowd? Is that a harsh statement or is that just like a euphemism?
8: Oh. And I don't know, man. I, I I would say I don't know. I would say it would say it's a little bit of both. Because sometimes don't, that's the best, that's the highlight of some fans' life. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess you got to look at it both ways. It could be for uh, marketing and all of that, but it also could be to make somebody's day. And I'm all for it making people's day. So I don't, I'm not sure.
1: Uh, it could be our final time, Rafael Davis ever joins us after that's how we started off this interview at seven A. M. on a Thursday. Well you didn't agree with me, so yeah, no, I'm just kidding. He was in studio last night with Dave Revson and Bruce Weber, and of course the first game, a historic night in Mackey for Mason Gillis. Rafael, I think you said it final media timeout. If Purdue's reserves play like this, and obviously Mason Gillis, what he did last night speaks for itself, but what they've gotten out of David Jenkins, you know, Brandon Newman, Trey Kaufman Wren, some of the other guys in recent weeks it almost seems like this has kind of shifted some of the thinking, and like, whoa, late March, early April it is really, really possible.
4: Oh yeah,
8: it's the perfect. Uh, it's the perfect timing for the reserves to be playing well. And I, I mean, I do look at. I mean, you look at when things have gotten things have gotten tight over the last few games. I go to that Michigan game at Michigan. They were struggling offensively. They inserted Trey kaufman wren. Trey kaufman didn't play that much in that game, but. He goes four for four from the field, gets you eight points, and really gives you a boost off the bench. At home against Michigan State, David Jenkins, he goes three for four from the three-point line. He helps win that game with that. And then last night, I mean, it goes without saying, Mason Gillis was just big time. And they teams are daring other people to beat him. I mean, they guarded. You think about last season, Mason Gillis was number five in the country in offensive offensive efficiency. He had the number one true field goal percentage, true shooting field goal percentage in the Big Ten. And Penn State, and I know Coach Shrewsbury, Coach Shrewsbury recruited Mason Gillis, I guess, but they guarded him like he was a bum. <laughs> and they dared him to shoot. And that's what people will do to you. I'll play with Isaac Hobson, AJ Adams, and they're, they're going to dare some people to shoot. And even Ethan Moore, Ethan hit that first three, and then he hit another one. And it's like now guys have really settled into their roles. And something good about Purdue is not only belabor the point, but Paint, after each game, Paint always tells us, especially, I mean, even when I play, Paint would tell the locker room, I'm sure we did it last night. Each guy is going to have his moment. Somebody different is going to win the game for us each time. You got to be ready. You got to be ready for your moment. And Paint has really gotten those guys to buy into their roles. So you think about Mason. Mason is a red shirt junior. Uh, He's been around a while. He was starting this season, got a spot taken by Caleb First. And he's accepted his role with the team. And then last night, you see Mason Gillis start the second half and Caleb First barely played. And when Mason Gillis hit that last three, that ninth three, the first person off the bench was Caleb First. And just um, the way this team gets excited for each other, Zach E in the press conference, you got the player of the year talking about, I just want to get out the way and let other people score. So, I mean, this team is just built built really well, and they have a really good locker room.
2: You know, I was going to ask about this because, to your point, Raphael, Raphael Davis is our guest. You saw him last night on Big Ten Network, the former Purdue player. When you played, it was a similar situation where, to your point, there were multiple guys that it could be their night. This Purdue team, to me, is so impressive because – There are multiple guys that, if all of a sudden things come through them, they can elevate and get you that 15 to 18 points that that exceed what you expected from them. Does Matt Painter occasionally come up with, at different intervals, moments or segments in a game to get some guys involved, just to give them that taste, if you will, so that when the moments arrive schematically where it is going to be their night... they are accustomed to having the ball come through them. Does that make sense what I'm asking and and do they vary things that That way?
8: That makes sense and I think my and I I mean I don't I'm I'm not at practice every day, but I'm just going off from what I play And what I know about Paint is Paint's not running plays for guys coming in off the bench. Paint's not running plays for his fourth leader score. Paint's running plays if you're thinking about sets, Paint's running sets for Zach, he's running sets for Braden, he's running sets for Fletcher. And everybody else just kind of gets theirs through their offense. But then, say so you do have a Mason Gillis, he hit a couple. Then Paint will start to run stuff for him. You know what I mean? But the way Purdue's offense is, the motion, motion is um, anybody can go and get it within, within Purdue's offense. It may look as though sometimes they're running plays but they're not. They're just in their natural motion, and they're just getting shots out of motion, and they're just playing off of Zach. And they they share the ball so well, you don't necessarily have to draw up plays for Mason Gillis because when Zach is doubled, he's going to pass it. When Braden draws help, he's going to pass it. They just played the a game the right way. Only seven turnovers last night. They out-rebounded Penn State by 20. They beat them in the paint by 20. Then they also made 14 threes. When they're playing that way, it's just tough to beat them but. Payne is a guy where he's going to run sets for maybe three guys to start a game. And then once somebody gets going, he'll start he'll start getting them going. But so Payne is also the guy where he'll bring you in. If you're a reserve, I think I came off the bench for Payne. He'll bring you in the office. He'll talk to you. He'll tell you he appreciates what you're doing for the team. You know what I mean? He'll tell you your moment is coming to be ready and things like that. He'll get in the gym with you. He'll work with you. But... As far as sets, as far as sets, I don't remember getting any sets when I was the seventh man off the
1: bench. If you hit seven or eight threes, man, I I, I thought there for a second Mason Gillis was going to hit a tenth if Painter would have left him in there for Uh, the final couple of minutes. Again, Rayfield Davis, three-time captain at Purdue, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. You see him on Big Ten Network. He joins us right now on the Payless Lickers Hotline. All right, shifting gears to Saturday, 4 o'clock inside of Assembly Hall. Rayfield, when you were at Purdue, being an Indiana kid, did this one mean more to you?
8: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a big game. I even go back to—I mean, I take it to my house, my household. My, uh, I'm the youngest of three, and my two older siblings—they both have Indiana degrees. <laughs> my mother has a Purdue degree, and I have a Purdue degree. So we have a—we have a house divided. I mean, growing up, we had the Purdue cups, the Indiana cups. I wouldn't drink out of the Indiana cups, you know what I mean? So it's um—it's uh, a big deal because I, I committed to Purdue when I was—I was a freshman in high school. So I got to go through it. I got to see Robbie Hummer and those guys battle with Indiana. And I got to see, I mean, I got to see his golf as far as, I just really have embraced the rivalry, and it means a lot. Even a year, we were, we were last place in the Big Ten my sophomore year, but we beat Indiana that year. And you would have thought that we were having one of the greatest seasons we were having, we have had. Because the fans, they loved it, they appreciated it. Records go out the window. It's a uh, it's a big time rivalry. Before the game, when I play, they would they would have uh, former guys call in and talk to us about how big it is. You may hear from Conzo, Big Dog, Joe Barry Carroll, things like that to just really express how important the rivalry is. I mean, I'm talking to Bruce Weber last night, and it's like I'm talking to a live <laughs> a live encyclopedia. He's telling me the first the first time Katie played in that game when Katie came to the state. I mean, Katie got two technical fouls in the first minute on purpose. Just to, just to show, just to, Bruce said it last night, his quote was to show Tom, to show um, Bob Knight, I'm here now, I'm in the state now, and that I'm willing to go toe to toe with you. And I mean, you got, you got, you got the chair thrown, you got t- Bobby Knight bringing a donkey to the interview. I mean, Isaiah Thomas knocking Roosevelt Barnes. <laughs> so, I mean, it just goes so far. Chad off the hitting jump shots. But it's just a big-time game. Even when I play, I mean, I, I went to school, middle school, grew up with James Blackman Jr. So we grew up together. And to be able to play with him, I grew up with Yogi. I mean, we could talk trash in the summer, bragging rights. It's just um, it's big-time. And this year, I really um, – last last year as well, I really enjoy the robbery now because you have two guys that played for Bobby Knight, that played for Gene K. they played in the game, they understand the rivalry. It's a big deal to them. And now they're coaching the game. It's um, it had the most intensity it's had in a while.
2: So we know that Trace Jackson Davis is an elite-level player, and that's what Indiana's going to try to ride in, particularly at home. But if you look at Mason Gillis last night, that's what Purdue does is if Edie is not rolling, which – or if they need somebody else to roll off of, and they have multiple guys. If you are Indiana, your concern is trying to get what Indiana player involved in addition to Trace Jackson Davis, and what does Indiana need to do to combat Zach Eady?
8: Hmm. I would say just make it tough on Zach Eady. I mean, you know, the thing that a good thing to do about the a good way to guard Zach Eady is to have your guards, have your guards, up Tamar Bates, Galloway, Cobb. Uh, Shafino, really pressure produce perimeter players and not let it be easy to give it to Zach Eady. If you let those guards just get an easy catch on a wing and get a clear pass to Zach Eady, you're in trouble. But if you push them out like Rutgers did or Maryland started doing that second half, and you be physical with those guards and you make a make a first tough catch and you push the offense out, it's tougher to post feed. From, from above the th- above the free throw line. So pushing the guards out, being physical, for me, I would, I if I'm going to trap, I would come on a baseline and bring the guy baseline, kind of simulate what Nebraska did. But the thing about post-traps and the thing about guarding people is if you don't do it every game, every day in practice, if your guys aren't used to it, you're going to struggle at it. If good Shafino isn't used to the rotations out of a post-trap, he's never done that consistently. He's going to struggle three, four times doing it during a game, and you don't want those times to give up threes. So I think you've got to stick with your same principles. You've got to, you've got to play the same way. I'm sure they're going to go TJD on them. TJD just cannot pick up any quick fouls. I would not be surprised if you saw Brace Thompson starting on Zach Eady just to protect TJD's foul situation. And then another good way to, to guard Zach Eady is to just go at him. At Zach Dede if you're TJD. Make him guard you. Wear him out. Get a defensive rebound. Push the basketball. Don't let Zach Dede get down the floor and get set. And then also just um, talking about guys that have to get going. I mean, you've got to have Miller Cobb. You've got to have Galloway or Tamar Bates. I believe at least one of those guys has to get going. I mean, you want to have two get going, but all three of them can't have an off night the same night. And that's, um, you see it with Iowa. Per- Perkins and Sanford, those two can't have an off night the same night or they struggle. I think when when Bates and Galloway, when they both struggle in the same game, it's tough for those dudes to win. But they also, they play better at home. Our role players always play better at home. I mean, so we'll see how that goes. But I would say if you can get those, one of those two guys going, it'll really help because now with, Indiana's offense, it's really changed in my opinion because you have TJD now will get a defensive rebound and he's no longer looking to outlet the pass to the point guard. And who Shafino has been around enough good players to understand he doesn't have to wait for the outlet like a traditional point guard. He's smart enough and he's heavy enough and good enough to just run the floor. He understands TJD can push it. So when TJD gets that rebound and he pushes the break in transition, I mean, it's a difference maker if those dudes are making shots. So, I would say try to speed the game up, get those guys going, some transition threes, but you got to block out. If you don't block out, Purdue is going to kill you on the offensive glass. I mean, Zach Keely had seven offensive rebounds last night.
1: Yeah, you brought up earlier Trace Jackson-Davis in foul trouble. That happened last year in that game in Bloomington, but Robert Fennessy was absolutely huge. Of course, with the game winner, but in the first half, as well. Ray Phil Davis is with us here. You saw him last night on Big Ten Network, of course, the three year captain for Matt Painter and the former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I want to go back to this this rivalry for a moment and, and I thought you had some really candid and, and great comments about what it meant to you as an Indiana kid. Did you get the vibe? Like, okay, Penn State game ends last night. Did you get the vibe that this Thursday, Friday, leading into the Indiana game, it meant more to the coaching staff? Like, there was maybe a bigger emphasis? I I would feel very torn if I were Matt Painter and being like, you got to treat each game the same, but you also know the magnitude of being the Purdue head coach and what it means when Indiana shows up on the schedule.
8: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, you listen to Purdue. He's, I mean, you talk, talk to Coach Painter, he's talked publicly about it. I mean, when I was in high school, Missouri – he came out. Missouri had made some calls, and it, it was just a big hoopla about Paint maybe leaving Purdue, going to coach in Missouri, and whatnot. And now I'm at high school, and Paint he has even said it. I mean, now he's when you're thinking about making those decisions, he takes into consideration that if he, if he leaves Purdue, he'd never be able to walk into Simsley Hall and beat Indiana as a Purdue coach. You know what I mean? And Paint grew up as an Indiana fan. His whole family is Indiana fans, and they didn't take him. So, you know, that still means something to him. Purdue took in Gene Katie. He loved Gene Katie. So, you know, that's a little bit in there. But, I mean, it's um, it's definitely you take every game, one game at a time. You don't overlook Penn State. And last night they did a good job by not overlooking Penn State. And you see other teams care about that. I mean, you think about Maryland, Julian Reese, Indiana's official Twitter page. I didn't see anything wrong with it. They put out of, you know, the game is on ESPN Saturday, 4 o'clock. Julian Reese, I mean, he said he took that personally. He said they overlooked Maryland. That gave Maryland juice. That gave Maryland energy. So you want to take it one game at a time. But also, all Purdue's guys are Indiana guys. I mean, I would say 10 of their guys are from Indiana maybe, so they get the rivalry. Trey Kaufman-Ren is from Southern Indiana. Mason Gillis is from South of Indianapolis. So you get you they understand the magnitude so it's not as if you have to preach to them. you know what i mean and then a few of them everybody's played in the game except the freshmen so they know what it is they understood that Purdue had the winning streak last year they lost and they you know what i mean they were number 1 so it means it means a lot to purdue it means a lot to indiana and for the um, players it's just that that night before especially when it's a home game, the paint crew is sleeping in, sleeping out and um, indoor track and all of that stuff. It's just uh, it's a big deal. I, I would say at this point, after that Penn State game with the zero, I mean, you go in the locker room, and now this is the biggest game of the season. So now you have two days to act like it and really prepare for it. But it's um, this year it's not just for the fans. A lot of times, you know, records go out the window, it's for the fans. But this year it's really – Two really, really, really good teams. Two teams that can really, I believe, can make a push to a Final Four. And I think this will be the best game in a while. I mean, I know last year it came down to a buzzer beater, but this year, the, I mean, the matchups, you got Trey Jackson Davis, Zach Eady. Zach Eadie probably be player of the year. Trey Jackson Davis trying to make a push. you got two freshman point guards, Braden Smith, Alyssa Fino, I mean it just it, it lines up to be a great story and uh in a great game I'm I'm looking I'm really I am really looking forward to it.
4: Last question. I, mean, I can still
8: remember my own um, I, I mean not to cut you but I can still remember my sister my sister was 9 months pregnant. 9 months pregnant you can have that image in your head. She actually my sister said, so look, I'll explain the story. She was nine months pregnant. We were playing Indiana at Mackey, and she wore an Indiana hoodie. Oof. And if you guys are familiar, <laughs> Man. Same, our families our sit families in the family section. You guys are familiar with how the players and the tickets work. So my sister is in the Purdue family section on Purdue IU night in the big red hoodie, and she's nine months pregnant. We lose by 40, I think. That was when um, they had... I mean, Victor Oladipo, that was um, Cody Zeller. I think the score was 90 to 65 or something like that, if or 55. I don't think we scored 60. And after that game, she not just sat in the stands, but she walked through the tunnel to get back to the locker room in that big, bright hoodie. And I remember Peyton seeing her and just shaking his head, just nodding, just shaking his head. So, I mean, this game runs deep. And then the very next day after that game, my sister had my nephew. So, this game will always be important to me. This game will be important to everybody. It's a big
2: Nephew is an Indiana or Purdue fan. What a move by
1: her.
8: Uh, the ne- my nephew, was his his mother went to Indiana.
1: Yeah, uh, there we go. All right, come, come on. Now, does he, does he know what his uncle did
2: father. in his That's time right. in West Lafayette? Here's, here's my last so, question. My
8: father, My nephew's father played football in Indiana as well. So, he's uh he's an Indiana kid. An <laughs> no, that's fair.
2: <laughs> My last question is this. One name, answer. Top of your head. Best player on the
8: floor Saturday is? Zach Eady. And I, don't know. I know Trace Jackson Davis is great. He's unbelievable, but Zach Eady's done this all year long. He's done this against great talent. And I know TJD wasn't feeling the best in December. His back was hurt, and he just wasn't. He wasn't himself, but... Those games against Arizona and Kansas, you you just can't delete them out your head. You know what I mean? You can't just say, oh, he wasn't feeling well. If you're out there, you're out there. You can play hurt, but you cannot play injured. And if you go out there, the game is going to count. And Zach Eady against Gonzaga Duke, those top teams, he had his way. So I would still go Zach Eady right now. Probably the most dominant player I've seen in college basketball in a long time. But Trey jackson Davis is not a bit. He's reached a bounds above him. Trey jackson Davis is right there. Trey jackson Davis is... I mean, it's playing some of the best basketball in the country, but you think about Zach E, you start to hear those rumbles about Trey Jackson Davis player of the year, Trey Jackson Davis player of the year. What does he do? He goes against Michigan State, Tom Izzo team, and gives him thirty eight. So <laughs> it's um it's tough to decide, but I would go, um I would say it's close Zach E Trey Jackson Davis. But then if I'm picking a third player, I would go Hood Shafino. So I would say Purdue has the best player that Indiana has the next two, and then you go back to Purdue.
1: Just awesome, awesome stuff from Raphael Davis here. Obviously, you see him on Big Ten Network. And House Divided for the Davis family coming up on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Raphael, thanks for waking up with us, man. Really, really appreciate it. Great stuff all year long on uh, Big Ten Network, and hopefully we can have you on again.
8: Uh, I appreciate you guys having me anytime.
1: That's Raphael Davis right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. That will be up on the podcast. just great stuff, Jake. On what that rivalry means to him and his family, and just does feel like. Can you imagine your sister in her hoodie. Gosh, nine months pregnant. <laughs> hey, Coach Painter, just you know, here to see Ray fell after the game. Nice win for my alma mater, right? <laughs> oh man, you know, I thought about last year's game, Jake. I mean, what do you think that moment meant for Robert fennessy Lafayette kid, such an up and down career. You know he's not starting anymore. Trace Jackson Davis gets into foul trouble. Indiana wasn't playing great last year, leading into that matchup. And he comes in and does what he did in the first half last year in Bloomington. Obviously, hits the game winner. Like now he's at Cincinnati, and you know his career. You know, certainly I don't think went the way he expected it to. He will always have that. Name. You're right. And that's how this rivalry kind of is. You'll always. I mean, Ray Phil mentioned so many of those names that he thought of, and has talked to Bruce Weber about um special moments in this series
2: the one thing about indiana and purdue that i've always felt and well i shouldn't say that that's a lie i didn't always feel this way when i was a kid i didn't get it now that i'm you know an adult some would argue <laughs> thanks my elmer fudd that i've been doing this morning is fabulous by the way um you know indiana university is a great school and purdue as a, as the land grant university in this state is a great school And there are actually people that live in Indianapolis or live throughout the state of Indiana that don't grasp because they're fans of one or the other. And I know people on both sides of this that can't admit to the fact that we are incredibly fortunate as a state to have one school that is really strong in one area and another school in the state that is really strong in another area. And if you grow up in Indiana and you're the biggest IU fan on the planet, but your son or daughter... Is a really good engineering mind. You got one of the top engineering schools in the country for them to go to, and if you grow up a diehard Purdue fan and you have a, a young person who wants to go into medicine, and you've got a great medical school right here in the state of, you know, I mean, it's 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 awesome in that regard, and so that it does kind of create the whole house divided thing, etc. I get it.
1: And the locations of each school. You know, about an hour north, about yeah. an hour south. And I've said before,
2: the the Indiana that I grew up on, like Ray Davis was just saying, there were a lot of guys that played for Purdue that the rivalry was enhanced because they grew up watching Bob Knight's Indiana and were not recruited by Indiana, so they went to Purdue to with a chip on their shoulder. Matt Painter being a prime example of that. And the Painter thing comes down to, Matt Painter and Todd Leary went on like an AAU or some sort of trip together, and both of them were talking about where they were going to go, and Leary was leaning towards Minnesota, Painter was leaning towards Purdue, but both of them had said to each other, hey, if Indiana called me, though, that's where I'm going, and then Jay Edwards left the Indiana program, a scholarship opened up, and it was Leary that Knight called, so Leary ended up going to Indiana, and Painter went to Purdue. If Knight had called Painter over Leary, then Leary goes to Minnesota. Painter goes to Indiana, and quite frankly, is possibly coaching Indiana now, depending on how that le- that plays out. But neither yeah. here nor there, right? But but the point being, if you look at you know kids today, I, I think 25, 30 years ago, the Mr. Basketball, and sure, I mean Troy Lewis went to Purdue. I, I get it, but by and large. The narrative always was that the Purdue roster was made up, not entirely by, but but with a good presence of kids that were slighted by Indiana and in their mind, and so Gene Cady developed them into great players, and then Cady himself ends up with the only winning record against Bob Knight amongst Big Ten coaches over the course of their career. Players now growing up in Indiana, as you see in Southern, you know, Trey Kaufman-Wren, Southern Indiana, goes to Purdue. Mason Gillis, Newcastle, Pipeline, Indiana, goes to Purdue. So, and Pipeline Butler, too. but So it's just the balance of it. And Indiana's roster, while they have Indiana kids, Trace Jackson Davis obviously being one of them, still using a national footprint as well to try to get do,
1: kids to come in. Kind of on that point, and Ray felt hit on this, do you think it matters on Saturday that you look at Purdue's rotation and, what, six of the nine probably are from the state, and you look at Indiana's rotation and two of the nine? Like, does it mean more to the Braden Smiths of the world, to the Mason Gillses of the world, than it will to I think a in Tamar the, Bates in the
2: early year. Yeah, I I, I really do think in there er, now. I think you have to go through it one year and or is that overblown? No, I think for freshmen. So Jalen Hood he he probably gets it by now, but I don't know that he totally gets it until he plays in the game. Whereas uh, Braden Smith has been around it his whole life; he's heard about it his whole life. Like I went to St. Louis; I worked in St. Louis. And everybody there is like, "Oh man, you got to just wait until the the bragging rights game between Missouri, Illinois." And I'm like, "Yeah, uh, I mean they can tell me about it, but until I went and saw yeah, the I got game, experience it, you know." And then I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's pretty big," but it it pains. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I know that people will get mad at me for saying it, but it's reality. I think it pains Indiana fans that Indiana has longed ever since Bob Knight was terminated in Indiana. There is am not saying all. There is a sector of Indiana fans, and if you're one of them, you're going to know as soon as I say this, it's going to be painful for you, but you're going to say he's right. There is a sector of the Indiana basketball fanhood that goes back to the Bob Knight era that has longed to see Indiana recapturing Bob Knight's style, Bob Knight's flavor, Bob Knight's taste, and those people are pained at the fact that that exact blueprint is exactly Matt Painter's Purdue. And it pains the hell out of them. They play unbelievable defense. They have outstanding ball movement, and they pass the ball 10 times per set, but they go inside and make sure their best player touches it every single time. They have a roster that is made up of multiple Mr. Basketballs, multiple Mr. Basketball runner-ups, an international player who has developed, and then complementary players from surrounding areas within a state or two away. That is Bob Knights, Indiana, and that is not by accident.
1: Both teams ranked Obviously, one being in the top 10. Purdue is number 1, of course. The last time we've had that. Both teams ranked one of the two in the top 10. 1994. So it's been quite a while since we'll experience what we will coming up on Saturday between Indiana and Purdue. Tomorrow, Mark, Rob Blackman, and Don Fisher. You got it. Both of the voices could yep. be joining us, so mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Dane Five yesterday, Ray Phil Davis today. So, a little bit of X player on each side of it. Uh, let's hit a morning check down here on the fan.
5: The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStatesports.com on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
1: Jake, tonight inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, it will be LeBron James and the LA Lakers, favored by one and a half. The Pacers have not played since Sunday. It sounds like Tyrese Halliburton is going to give it a go. I haven't seen him in three weeks, and I think we all knew Halliburton meant a lot. I didn't. No, he meant this much to the Pacers.
2: I would agree with that. Totally agree with that. Um, But not only is he going to be out there but presumably LeBron James as well who needs just 89 points to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history and I I don't think he'll do it tonight.
1: But that would be something, (laughs) wouldn't it? That that would be quite the scene. Um, It does sound like Uh, Daniel Tice could make his Indiana debut as well, Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. and We'll find out tonight if Tyrese Halliburton is chosen for the All-Star team and if we'll see Buddy Heald in the three-point contest. Uh, Last night
2: in college basketball, Purdue, the number one team in the land, 80-60 over Penn State. Nine-game win streak now for Matt Painter's group. Mason Gillis was the story of the game. 29 points. He was 9 of 12 from three-point range. It really was his trio of triples after the half that kind of blew things open for the Boilers who are now 22-1 and as they get set for Indiana. Matt Painter afterwards talked about the rhythm that Mason Gillis was in in terms of his career high 29. Oh it was great to
7: see you know somebody get into a rhythm and you know knock down some shots and obviously you know he played well in the first half and took some rhythm threes and knocked them down and then Obviously, we started in the second half because he played so well. And then he just, you know, he kind of exploded that first, you know, six, seven minutes.
1: Yeah, the other thing last night, when you see Mason Gills have a night like that, I feel like it's rewarding for all the little things he does. You know, that's kind of what he's known for. Takes charges, great entry passer. Uh, again, up and down career for him, largely from an injury standpoint. But a Mackie record last night with nine three-pointers for the Newcastle soccer. All right, we come back here on Kevin and Query. We're going to get into our Colts head coaching drafts. We've got hmm. eight names with second interviews. Added an eighth last night. That would be Aaron Glenn, the Lions' defensive coordinator. So we'll go a little snake draft. And just to make this clear,
3: are we picking who we would choose or who we think the Colts will choose? Well, I think, like I said, we're putting like the the winner gets six packs from the other two. Who we so think I the Colts you will think choose? They
1: will choose. I don't so think we're you predicting get... what Jim Mersey is going to do. Right. Boy,
3: that's a scary thought. That's why there's beer on the line. <laughs> okay. It's a beautiful Thursday here
1: in Indianapolis. Phil did see a shadow, for those that care. That means six more weeks of winter, if you believe in that sort of thing. I'm more worried about the procreation of Phil and what happens when
3: six feet under becomes a norm. What's the, the life norm.
2: expectancy of a groundhog? In like for three me. years?
3: Kind of, i mean yeah it uh, yeah, has to, like, to be like lassie where they've got like 10 different ones at this are point.
1: we on to like ugga eight with georgia yeah. you know isn't this kind of what's the fellow's
2: name down in texas is it bevo yeah, in texas bevo. yeah there's always been an urban legend by the way that whoever is the handler for bevo <laughs> that when the if if bevo passes under your watch that then there's a huge steak dinner that apparently is urban legend um gosh that's that's awkward Uh, it is a little bit but in terms of here's here's a better question which has a longer life expectancy a groundhog or this
3: show groundhogs have a lifespan between three to five years yeah well there's your winner scary (laughs) thoughts ding ding
1: ding especially after jake here in the first 20 minutes of the show
2: i've been uh, are you kidding me i i am literally what you are looking at right here is six feet four and 200 and a few pounds more of the pure sexiness that embodies the look outside this morning of this sunrise. This I am nothing but the morning sunshine of this joint, and you guys are getting on me this morning telling me that, that I was cranky. I wasn't at all. cold had coaching.
1: Maybe this is the real me. We're going to do that next here. Kevin Corey. <laughs> Simply ask.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: i Jake to shut the blinds, Mark. You would have thought I asked him, hey, can you have a colonoscopy here in the next 10 minutes? I've got you know...
2: I got that coming up actually a couple of weeks. Thank you for reminding me.
1: That means you're going to be. What are you guys just going to
2: pick me up afterwards?
1: Well, I think uh, we'll see what Scotty's doing for when is for when that is one. this? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're doing our Colts head coaching draft coming up here. Um, 11 names that,
3: that's what you've jotted down here mark i've got 11 okay. i we're trying to think of a 12th so we can do four rounds but. well
1: let's just pull out somebody from the ring of honor how about B- bill brooks is the 12th before name? we begin oh, I, I, well, I guess man. you
3: could put jim harbaugh on there if you wanted to is, is, sure, is, ev- is everyone comfortable with
2: the room conditions or is there anything else i can do for you oh,
3: i appreciate you doing the that feet are a bit sore <laughs> know, okay wow. well rex ryan yeah, not really you, know, you should
2: call the good feed store 1-800-639-3338
1: so what we're doing here is we're going to do a snake draft of these candidates can eight of them have either had a second interview or reportedly in aaron glenn's case that will be today a second interview but how we're going to do this and feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but we're doing this based off who we think the colts will pick as the next head coach Correct? Who we believe will
2: be
3: selected, correct? Not, Not our own d- personal choice. Correct. I mean you can do that if you want, okay. but you're and playing a risky game there. Winner gets a couple of six pack of beer from the other two. Six pack
1: of beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like this game. All right. Uh we're we're gonna draft for order. I, I should say we, we will pick for order. Pick, so Mark, pick. in the bag, is that what, like a one, two or
3: three? It's just it's just our names. So whoever he, this is for the
1: this, this is, is for the first overall pick? Or does this person With get a the pick first their pick? Order? pick. Time out, time out. Does this person get to select one overall or do they get to select where they want to draft?
2: Why would you not want to draft number 1 you overall? Don't you want to pick number 1.
1: Maybe you would like the snake draft. Maybe you think these candidates are very even. Maybe you want the back-to-back mm-hmm. picks okay. at 3 or 4. How do you want to How about this?
2: Whoever's name I pull out of the hat gets to choose whether like they it. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> that was really That was really different. Actually, it's 6 to 1 half dozen the other, right?
3: Who'd you get? oh yeah here. will you show
1: the youtube
2: camera i have pulled my own name unbelievable it is,
3: it, is
1: anything more fitting there mark? by the way you
2: did you actually printed these out mark this is very official
3: my time's new roman size 14 right here
1: uh i have picked mark as you know i want to okay. make sure that my ego does not need to be fed uh jake where would you like to select do you want the number one overall pick
2: I will take the number one overall pick.
3: Okay, I'll just stay in order, and I'll take the second overall
1: right, pick. Mark, you're going to so. slot number two, and that means I will be snaking it here.
4: I'll I will three take three four. It.
1: With with the
2: first pick. Oh, where's the stern horse? Thank you. With the first pick and the 2023 Colts prediction head coach draft, Jake Query selects. Boy, that's a mouthful. <laughs>
3: Raheem Morris. Okay. So Raheem Morris off the board. All right. Defensive Grahams. So the okay. yep. DC there. Okay. Goes number one. Mark Dykton? With the second overall pick. Looks <laughs> like we'll Brian Callahan. Gosh. Boy, now
1: that I hear names, I'm like, man, being three really sucks in this draft. Um, All right. With uh, the third pick. I'm that, too. I will take the other offensive coordinator that i believe well the other one that's been a second interview candidate i will take from the philadelphia eagles shane steichen now you
2: have the fourth pick now as well
1: right i do have the fourth okay. pick
4: man
3: gosh i'm a little torn here I- like Natalie and Burberry you can
1: up. you could pull a Dolphins here and forfeit your pick in five seconds. I am predicting what the Colts are going to do.
2: Correct. correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have five seconds. Four, three,
1: two. Going, Rich Pasaccia. Oh, damn it! Special teams coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, interim coach with the Raiders. Um, I will go, Rich Pasaccia, right there for so you. So I'm
3: on the clock now. No, right? you're not. Snaking it goes it. back to me. What? You're first overall, so you get one. Okay. And All right, go ahead. Good this is Lord. why there was some debate, and if go you ahead. wanted the first yeah, pick or not. you chose the, well, I, the cards you picked yourself, sir. Okay. You'll have two coming up here in a row. This might be uh, No. You know what? With the fifth pick, I'll take Azuro
2: Evero. Okay. That's good, because you guys have left me clearly the number two overall candidate. Jeff Saturday.
1: You think he's clearly number two? I do. So you think it's either Morris or Saturday? You don't think the offensive uh, offensive coaches come into play here?
2: I think Jeff Saturday's still very in the mix. Well, I think Raheem Morris has the best CEO capability about him, and I think Jeff Saturday's very in the mix.
3: That means it's still you again, because we're snaking, so you get another pick. I got to look at the list. Still have Wink Martindale, Bubba Ventrone, Eric Biennemi, Aaron Glenn, Mike Kafka, Jim Harbaugh on the board. Unless you have a dark horse that you want to throw out there. Mike Bray, maybe. Excuse me? Dane yeah. Fife? Yeah. Michael Lewis?
1: I was told to trade back. Matt said I should have traded back. I mean, hell, I'm drafting third. I, how far back do you want me to go here?
2: Um, I'll go with Aaron Glenn. <laughs> Who is getting his second interview? I believe today, if he didn't have it yesterday, but kind of a late second interview. But weird things in play. I'll go, Aaron Glenn. I will take Eric Bienement.
1: Mm, interesting. Um, okay, so I got two in a row coming
3: up here. You got your final two.
1: All right, my final two, and there's. Four Four names on the board, Wink Martindale, Bubba Ventrone, Mike Kafka, Jim Harbaugh.
3: Unless you would like to add one to your list that you don't think we've thought of, but that's what we came up with okay. at the break. Okay, so uh, one that's not, that you don't see listed. Feel free to throw it out there.
1: Yeah, I, I am intrigued by Kafka, but I'll go back-to-back. Back. I'll go Wink and Bubba.
3: I mean, you did back-to-back picks. You're supposed to space that out a little bit. Was that bit. a remix? I mean, yeah, a little bit. So how, about, t- how about those names, Wink and Bubba? Now, how about, <laughs> that sounds like a... Did you remember Wink and Blink and a Nod? No. Okay. Um, Wait. You. Who did you take? I'm sorry. Wink
1: Martindale and Bubba
2: Ventrone. What if? Imagine if. The Colts head coach actually is not on the list, and none of us selected it.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, then. And that could be. That would be par for the course. Boy, that's good credibility for the old show. Uh,
2: Jim Harbaugh is one that I think is still. He's on the list. I probably should have taken Harbaugh, but I went with Aaron Glenn. Well, you um, can you, you can still take them Yeah, depending it's my on, turn depending anyway. On what, what, so,
3: what Mark does here? Yeah, I'm taking my Kafka. Well, I so. thought
2: we we I thought we're only doing three each. Four. Oh, okay. Well, then hell. We got to the even number twelve. Well, You're then gonna, gonna all get I'll Harbaugh. Take, hell, I'll take Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: there you go. So there you go. So Jake has Raheem Morris, Jeff Saturday, Aaron Glenn, Jim Harbaugh. Kevin has Shane Steichen, Rick Passaccia, Wink Martindale, and Bubba Ventrone. I have Brian Callahan, Azuro Evero, Eric bien Mike Kafka. There you go. Interesting. Should we get like tall boys if one of them becomes like a coordinator on the team? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you get a, you get a 40. There you go. Buy a 40 if one of them gets a coordinator.
1: So think you think Jeff Saturday, Jake, you you'd put him num- number 2 right now? I would. I did. That was your board. Yes, but the board went
2: his the big board, board went, just... the board went exactly as I had it yeah. slotted.
1: And that it's is exactly as I anticipated. You feel that's gut feel educated guess? I feel like things are cooling a little on old Jeff. I,
2: I don't think that that is unwise of you. I mean, I think that that I think that there's a lot of speculation, anticipation, narrative amongst the fan base that the increased number of interviews conducted by Chris Ballard are indication that Chris Ballard is doing everything he can to present counter-argument to the Jeff Saturday narrative that Jim Irsay was in love with. I think that Jim Irsay, when he named Jeff Saturday the interim coach, thought that it was going to be holy cow what an outside the box genius why did we not think of that and when it was met with what in the world is happening here I think that forced Jim Irsay to double down a little bit advantage in that regard Jeff Saturday where Jeff Saturday aired from a tactical standpoint was to make it clear that it comes down to wins and losses but I believe that Jeff Saturday in Jim Irsay's mind even though Ursay loves to win I think Ursay felt like this particular season, it had gotten away from his team, and he wanted somebody that he trusted to come in and go through a laundry checklist of things that Ursay wanted accomplished by the interim coach. And I think that Saturday, in Jim Ursae's mind, fulfilled a lot of those requests.
1: Including blowing the biggest lead in NFL history and the worst fourth quarter in NFL history?
2: I, I think... Those things are overshadowed in the mind of Jim Ursay of the fact that Jeff Saturday is Jim Irsay's invention, and he is hell-bent on showing you that he is a better inventor than you, and that's his right. He's the owner of the franchise, and I do believe, yes, that the longer this goes, probably the more that is starting to—that aroma is probably becoming less noticeable Aroma is the wrong word because it's not like, but you get what I'm saying. That 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 presentation probably sure. is becoming more in the rear view.
1: Again, reportedly seven interviews have taken place for a second time. We've got a list up on 107.5 The to go over those seven. Aaron Glenn would become the eighth Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. Uh, Lions defense made a huge jump in the second half of the season. Played a lot of rookies too on that side of the ball. Um, he's been a I think deep into talks with the Saints, I believe Broncos, maybe Jets, for some head coaching openings. Arizona, I think, said interest this cycle as well. So that's the name that we have added to the list. Uh, Mark, you're pretty pleased with your draft. You have my favorite, and that's Brian Callahan. I am. I like it. Uh,
3: why He's Callahan with though? I, I like Bassachio a lot. Bassachio, yeah. Why Callahan over Steichen? Just, just what I've been hearing. So yeah, It was a toss-up, though, but I went with Callahan. Yeah, I think a, that's a good debate. I do like this text
2: from up. Derek, by the way. Uh, the groundhog seeing his shadow means six more weeks of Colts interviews. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably not wrong. <laughs> that is pretty good. That's uh, solid. Yeah, Harley, of course. Uh, you have to leave the 40 in the paper bag. Yes, that is a given. Of one, course. 1,000%. And, Scott, if only the real draft went this quick. Yeah, that was pretty efficient. I think so. That was kind of like our Considering fantasy Jake draft. I didn't know how snake draft work. Yeah, Jake. If you knew how it would have worked, would you have changed? Would you have not taken the number one overall pick? No, I stayed with number one. You you got your, you I got your thought, two? what's that? Because you got your two, Morris and Saturday.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I do think I think Morris has about him. Again, I think part of being an NFL head coach is just being kind of a CEO and overseeing multiple. I, I I don't know that to me, at least if it were and that's a different discussion, if it were us making the higher if it were we making the higher, you know. But
1: I could get behind Morris, you just worry about the offense. That that would be my concern. That that's where stability and continuity on that side of the ball for a young QB. L-
2: let me ask you this, real quick, Kevin. This past season, which side of the ball were the Colts was the Colts strong suit?
1: Uh probably special teams but a hey, defense if you're going to go offense or defense okay
2: frank reich was brought in because he was a specialist on which side of the ball offense okay so then that's why i'm not overly worried about the offensive raheem morris comes in as a defensive coach
1: so you don't think the nfl trend of 13 of the 16 13 of the 16
2: you, have been all i think if you bring him in under the understanding that he is a ceo and you bring in a dynamic young offensive coordinator you're you're fine
1: yeah again the question then is just And again, this is a good problem to have if and when you have offensive success, when that coordinator gets some head coaching interviews, that is the question. But that's a pretty good problem to run into
3: down the road.
1: All right, uh, Scott Agnes coming up in about 10 to talk Pacers.
3: Mark, Mark, what are we doing here? I dropped the ball. We were doing the draft, and I closed out the Sonny and Cher song. Whatever. Usually you're always on top of it. That was one of the more panicky moments yeah, I've seen from you. No.
1: Excitement over your draft? I, why is everybody saying that I'm grumpy this morning? I've never
2: been like more I've laughed more this morning than cumulatively in the last
3: year. You've definitely been more wide awake than you usually yeah. are at this hour. I went last night, um, to the going all the way What? Boy. That's a
2: movie. It's quite the lead in. Uh the Can Can Film Festival or the Can Can Theater. They had uh, Dan Wakefield and the director of Going All the Way as the 25-year anniversary of that film based on the 1970 book that all the entire movie was shot in Indianapolis. And last night they did an airing of it. Um, and then like a Q&A afterwards with Dan. It was fabulous. And then I went home. I got... Uh, plenty of sleep got up this morning was in a great mood i was in a great mood i don't know what the hell happened you guys got all over me we
1: morning.
3: don't know what the hell happened either somebody wanted clarification too just because they said with our draft we didn't really say where each candidate oh. was from okay yeah.
2: so each of us will name our selections and where they are sure. i took raheem morris who is the defensive coordinator for the los angeles rams jeff saturday and you had
3: the
1: number one overall pick just clarify
2: uh jeff saturday obviously everybody knows jeff saturday's uh, credentials. And then. Uh, my last one, I took Jim Harbaugh, who is currently, of course, the head coach of Michigan. You took, and you took Aaron Glenn. Lions defensive coordinator, Aaron oh, Glenn. Oh, that's right. And Aaron Glenn, who today we found out is going to get a second interview. He's a late addition to that, the Lions defensive coordinator.
3: I had the second overall pick. I took Bengals, O.C., Brian Callahan, and Broncos, D.C., Azuro Evero, Chiefs, O.C., Eric Biennemi, and Giants, O.C., Mike Kafka. And myself with the third
1: pick, and we snaked it, so I had the third and the fourth. I would have taken Brian Callahan, but Mark nabbed him before me. I took Shane Steichen, the Eagles OC, the play caller in the Super Bowl. Rich Bisaccia, the Raiders uh, Raiders interim two years ago, now the Packers special teams coordinator. Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, and then Bubba Ventrone, right now the Colts special teams coordinator. And I believe Frank Reich is retaining the Panthers special teams coordinator Um, So Bubba Ventrone could be a candidate to retain for the new head coach. I think that should be a priority for the new head coach. All right, Scott Agnes, Pacers back in action tonight. Could be a busy night. On and off the court for the Pacers. We'll explain more.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I dot com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Cut up next with Scott Agnes. Jake, where do you think tonight on the LeBron James Carmel Pup Scale, where do you think we're at?
2: Um, you mean in terms of has it lost its luster?
1: you know when Steph Curry's in the building we've got every carmel pup in America or I should say in Hamilton County in there wearing their Steph jerseys watching i would say Steph. That,
2: i would say that lebron has now fallen behind and scott agnes can weigh in on this but from a there's that like this uh, this electricity in the building right with certain players certain visiting players And then you see all the little kids with the jersey on of a player.
1: Yeah, they make a shot in the cheer rivals of Pacers basketball. Correct.
2: I would say that LeBron James is now probably still slightly ahead of Kevin Durant, but has fallen behind in no particular order. Steph Curry, Giannis, and John Morant. So I, I was I, I was think, surprised how many Ja Morant kids
3: were there. Yeah. I think ja, ja, the love ja for LeBron one. is still there because I think it, it is. I, I think people are especially his age now, people are like, well, this might be one of the last times you know. No, but again, in, but terms with of, in terms of the younger generation, little kids, the, I
1: think Stefan Ja would yeah, be ahead of the Yeah. I would LeBron. agree with you there. Yeah. Let, let's ask Scott Agnes. He joins us right now from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, which visiting players would you put above LeBron in terms of excitement from the Gamebridge faithful when they come here
9: yeah so i i think it's stephen jaw from a kid standpoint but i'm not sure it gets any better than lebron and and Mm -hmm. just going off the numbers lebron was the top selling jersey this past year so um if you want to go off that or at least to start the season it's him it's steph it's Giannis.
2: Giannis is way up there. The i will tell you—the guy Scott that I'm a little surprised by. Stephen Holder went with me to one of the games, and he commented on this. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. For as exciting and like electric a player as he can be, I'm surprised we don't get more out of that from um, Trey. From um, Trey Young, yeah, Trey Young. Hmm. Like, I, I didn't see. Like, you would think that he's kind of like a breakthrough player like that because he's kind of like Steph Curry light, and yet it didn't seem like there was any of that.
9: Man, he is not a likeable player. Doesn't play defense, gets in battles with his teammates. I'm not surprised by that for those reasons. But purely from an offensive standpoint, yeah, he can get hot, get on a
1: heater quickly. They to um, say
2: Bismack um, Biyombo, Jake. B- Bismack Biyombo is it should be the most popular player in the game. You know why, okay. Kevin? Why is that? Because his name's Bismack his Name
1: Diombo. is Bismack Biyombo. <laughs> yeah, again, Scott's heard that joke I know that, times. I know that when, well,
2: here's the thing. You know that Bismack Biambo has collected more than five rebounds and or points in a game because Scott Agnes will text me. Hey,
1: Bismack Biambo's <laughs>
2: going off. Sacramento, late game.
1: <laughs> oh, Scott, come on now. Scott Agnes with us here. Fieldhouse Files. A whole lot to get to on and off the court with the Pacers. Sounds like Tyrese haliburton has got a great chance to make his return to the lineup Tonight, uh, Scott, did I see was Tyrese Halliburton in Bloomington last night?
9: Yeah, he was. It was a, a something very different for sure. Um, it was for fashion, he's huge into fashion, and so he was brought in to be on a panel. And, and then, um, something even cooler happened after that. He broke you know, how they break down panels, you know, into different areas. Well, then, like a group of about a dozen. Um, students had all these designs prepared and um, at least one of them is going to be able to design one of his outfits that he wears to a game and my guess is he'll end up buying some clothes from some of them. Um, it, was, it was really cool hmm. so so that, that'll be a story I'll be working on here uh, in the next week or two.
1: Would you say that's Halliburton's kind of like biggest off the court thing that he loves? I know he's a big video game guy as well
9: yeah it's those two it's video games and and fashion for sure and he didn't the fashion things really evolved over the years too uh, much like any young player you go from athletic wear athletic leisure whatever you can kind of afford and get your hands on um to now i mean he, he said he discussed so much about how he's you know on instagram and getting inspirational ideas and if he's hears of someone else wearing or see someone wearing similar clothing he doesn't even want to wear it anymore he wants to always be different and and be himself so uh that was a fun night last night and it was it was not just kind of a, a show up yeah i'm here show face like he was there for over three hours just working and and, and enjoying this aspect this wasn't just uh, an appearance it was something that he was very much involved in and in enjoying
1: uh, this, by the way, from a great human named Mark King, um, he goes, my source says it's Ja Morant, and his source is his 9-year-old nephew who's on the Carmel Pups, by the way. <laughs> nice. So we got a direct source here. One that, degree yeah. of separation from the Pups, Ja Morant on that one. Jake? And I could tell you, when sorry,
9: real fast, I could tell you when Ja came this this last time, I was amazed. I haven't seen that, that large a crowd for anyone outside of Steph in, in any recent game. So his popularity continues to surge, no doubt.
2: I would agree. I mean, I was like, whoa, you know. Um, Scott, let me tell you a guy that I'm intrigued by. And I want you to tell me if I'm wasting my time by being intrigued by him because his time may be short-lived. I don't believe it will be. The exact player, and I know that we're going to make a lot out of Tyrese Halliburton returning to the court for the Pacers for good reason. The guy the Pacers need, the exact body type, the exact style, the exact missing ingredient, I'm not going to say that puts him over the top, but that this team does need is exactly what Daniel Tice could bring to the floor. And by that, I mean big body, not afraid to set some screens, get some guys open, uh, just kind of set a mentality and a tone to the other team of like, Hey, you know, we're, we're a little beefier now and just a, a junkyard dog. Am I too excited about this? Is he going to be flipped or is he a guy that they actually have envisioned plans for?
9: I, I... I will say I think the biggest thing is they're not sure exactly what they have in him. They know what what his skill set and what he has certainly done over his first like seven seasons in the league. But how does he work with this group? We haven't even seen it in the preseason, so there's a big curiosity about that part. Because you're right, he he's got the know-how. He, he's you know he was in the NBA Finals last year playing limited minutes, but he was there huge in pick and roll and defense and the physicality is the other big part that this team could use a little bit more of. So uh, he provides all that. How does he work with all these pieces? If you want to make it a a puzzle here, that's what we're not exactly sure. I don't think this is by no means to be clear. Uh, The the trade deadline is is in exactly one week. Let's throw him out there, get other teams excited and move him. No, this this was on Daniel's schedule. Um, and, and where the team was comfortable with him returning here, uh, this is exactly 12 weeks from surgery, uh, and so this is just the start. And so I think he'll probably certainly be on limited minutes, whatever that looks like, five to ten, just as we get started here. And and he's remember he's uh, <laughs> this Pacers team is one of the fastest in the league, so that's gonna that's gonna um, be very difficult, I think, for him to get going so early, and he'll want to break. Early, but uh, I I don't think this is for trade purposes at all.
1: Okay, Scott, on on that note, and again, Scott Agnes with the Sear Fieldhouse Files, Uh, we are a week out from the NBA trade deadline. I know this probably isn't your favorite game to play, but if you don't mind, I'll throw this your way. Um, I'm going to list four names for you, and you give me the likelihood that they are traded come next week the four names, and I'll just go in order, I think of their age, we'll th- throw Daniel Tice, let's put TJ McConnell, let's put Chris Duarte, and let's put Goga Batadze, from most to least likely, who would be trading.
9: <laughs> um, see if I can remember all the, uh Let's do Goga. Tice, McConnell, Duarte, Duarte, Goga. Goga, Duarte, Tice, McConnell.
2: See, I, I see Batadze as being a th- the only way he's moved is if he's paired with somebody, right?
9: Yeah, most likely. I, I just, it, or if a team really just wants to to include a, a second round pick here, um, I, I just don't. I, yeah, it's it's just going to be difficult to get much of anything right now.
1: Just such a logjam in the front court, especially if Tice is going to get consistent minutes. I, I
2: think For there sure. are people, Scott. You tell me if I'm too optimistic here. I do think there are people that feel like Goga Batazzi's minutes, and you know, just kind of at a ceiling in Indiana, are more about what Kevin just said, and less about like I do think that there are people that think you know, in spot minutes he's okay. He he can give you you know he's not a complete stiff. He's probably not worth more than a second round pick. But if somebody does need a secondary off bench front court scorer, he might entice them a little bit. Am I giving him too much credit?
9: No, I don't think so because of how high he was drafted. You know, going back almost four years ago, and he how he'll show what he can do when he gets actual minutes. I, I'll, I'll make one thing clear: when he plays spot minutes, if he's playing five to ten minutes per game, not very helpful. Give him fifteen to twenty, and I think he'll produce for you. He's going to grab six, seven rebounds, things like. And right now, the challenge, as you guys alluded to is the Pacers are in a minute shortage when it comes to bigs. And so he's down that pecking order right now, probably at least fourth. And he he realizes and knows it's been made clear to him, like, you know, we got to get these guys minutes. And so, you know, you're, you're here on a need basis right now. Um, and so that's the challenge. And he's in a contract year. And, and this 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 has been one of the Pacers' biggest problems is trying to find any of the big minutes, and so he's the odd man out.
1: And Scott Agnes with us, Fieldhouse Files tonight? It's Pacers and Lakers over at GameBridge Fieldhouse. The Lakers a slight favorite in that one. It does sound like Tyrese Halliburton will make his return to action. Been out for over three weeks. The Pacers have been uh, frankly awful without him. Scott, it sounds like no minutes restriction, and I would assume he'd be good for back to back because. You know the Kings. First off, are the opponent tomorrow night? And when we've looked at this injury, and you said this from day one, it seems like it's been more elbow related, less knee related. So, I would assume conditioning won't be too too much of an issue.
9: Right? Yeah, that's absolutely the thinking. Tyree said after a first couple of days, when the first uh, like adrenaline rush and the pain subsided pretty quickly, he got back to running. Um, Now, there's nothing that quite replicates and matches the game reps and, and you know running up and down the court in a true game unpredictable cutting fashion but uh, he's been able to maintain his cardio because the knee issue is not as much really an issue anymore it's strengthening and you know that left arm is skill kind of the struggle so he's been wearing that black black brace while he's shooting and in practice for the last week plus but yeah it's going to be it would be very difficult let me tell you that to keep him out of friday's game and and it's Sabonis's first game by the way returning to indianapolis and playing since the uh the trade um so so that will certainly be fun i think for him to kind of enjoy the moment and all that and by the way i think i think it's hilarious to me at least how the, the coincidence here of miles turner signing his extension and then celebrating with fans, and who is the first opponent that comes in after all the talk? It turns out to be the Lakers. Maybe it's That's just good me, point. I yeah, a, I got a big laugh out of all. And of then
1: that. it's a bonus the next night. You know, it, it, it is kind of fitting that the Western Conference teams show up then.
9: Hey, Scott, absolutely. And on top of that, these three games are expected to be sellouts. So this is this is a big, I don't know, telling point, testing mark for the Pacers right now. Lost ten of eleven, like. You're going to have the crowd. You're going to have Tyrese. You have the storyline. Can you deliver on the court and get back to playing that level of play that you were three weeks ago?
2: Scott, the, the slump that Chris Duarte went through and just kind of his inability to get footing as a complimentary piece. I know he's a good player, and I know that he has shown that he can be a good player still for this franchise. But he is a guy that, you know, obviously in kind of a breakout rookie year, there were some that might have thought that he would be a more integral player has that diminished his trade value at all i mean does he have the same value today that he had say 6 months ago
9: no he doesn't and certainly not that he did one year ago when he was starting and having that you know significant role and and knocking down uh, all the shots that he was previously playing just at a different level because There was less of a backlog in that position, and he was more featured. So, yes, it it is directly impacted what observers think in the league, yes.
1: And Scott Agnes with us from Fieldhouse Files here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. As Scott said, three of the next four nights inside of Cambridge Fieldhouse, Lakers and Kings is back-to-back, and then I think it's a 5 o'clock tip this Sunday with the Cavs. Um, I I assume Tyrese Halliburton will get the nod to the All-Star team tonight, Scott, uh, do you believe that, and could we see Buddy Hield in the three-point contest?
9: Yeah, so I do believe Tyrese will um, will be an All Star. I mean, that every every head coach we talk with before games, you know, can't talk enough about him and his impact. and And we've seen head coaches, you know, happily reward teams that have success because of a a player, you know, and what they're able to do. Now, this is one thing you don't know for sure. It's not like a you know they've already You know, they've handled the results tightly enough, I should say, to where we are very much in the dark. But I think it is widely assumed that Tyrese will be in the all-star game. And then, uh, yeah, very likely Buddy will be in the three-point contest as well.
2: Okay, last question for me, Scott. Buddy Heald, he's a pacer in three weeks, yes or no?
9: I'll say yes. I think right now, more likely than not, pacers don't do anything of note. You know, maybe there's a small move, but I I, I don't see... I don't foresee anything too much. I think they'll finish this year out is the way it's trending and then reassess the situation in the offseason.
1: You have me a little nervous with that question, Jake. Do you ask that based off intel or just based off of curiosity? No, curiosity.
2: Okay. I, okay. I also believe I'm with Scott. I don't think Scott – I'm
1: team keep healed, so that, here's, that's
2: why I was a little worried. So I guess I do have another question for Scott. Scott, my thought is this. I was telling somebody this last night. I feel like the Pacers are like a Lego kit. And they're pretty happy with the model. That's right. And so does does. Hot Rod, yeah. (laughs) I, I think they're pretty happy with what they've built with the Lego pieces they've acquired. And now they feel like to really have a good team... They just simply need one or two more pieces to clip onto it. They don't necessarily feel like there are any in that block that they need to remove. It's simply now an addition game by some of the pieces they have over the next year, meaning multiple first-round picks. Yeah, sure, if they want to move a few complementary pieces, maybe they do that, but I don't think anybody that we would consider the core – they are looking to trade, and I believe Buddy Heald is part of that core right now based on his leadership, his outside shooting, and the energy that he brings
4: yeah
9: i would I would agree with that. They acknowledge that they're at least uh, another piece away, and so it just becomes uh, when are they and how are they able to get it if if there's a, an offer made from another team where you know it makes a no brainer sense. To go out and get, or if a player suddenly becomes available, that's where the pacers want to jump on in and be opportunistic with it, but they're not going to force it. They're not they recognize this isn't the championship contending window this season. There's not a reek of desperate desperate um feeling around the team. What they want to do, to your point is they see the Legos, they're building them. There's a couple pieces. They're not sure how it works within the puzzle. And then on top of that, you know, maybe you know the the castle or whatever they want to put on top, they still need to go after that. Um, they have a lot of draft picks for this off season. They also really like this upcoming draft, but I think it would. I think the best case scenario would be a combination of hitting another draft pick or two, and then acquiring at least one other player. Your wing, your power forward. Um, that they haven't had for the last three or four years that, that has the NBA experience already, and then seeing where this team can take off.
1: You what, good luck finding affordable Legos right now. Gosh, you can no talk about some pricey <laughs> items there. Uh, fun few nights coming up inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Lakers, Kings, the back to back, and then as we said, the Cavs coming up on Sunday. I think it's eight games to go for the Pacers until. The All-Star break. Scott Agnes has great coverage over on Fieldhouse Files. Thank you, Scott.
9: You bet. Thank you, guys.
1: Scott Agnes right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Buddy Heald three-point contest just seems to make sense, right?
2: Yeah, I would think so. Although, that, I you
1: know... That they, man loves to shoot the basketball. But
2: I think sometimes in the three-point shooting contest now, they like to get guys that are not thought of as the typical three-point shooter.
1: I feel like, what do you have? Usually eight in it? I feel like he'd be a good one to have. Um, so yeah, we'll get note on Tyrese Halliburton. Again, the coaches choose the All Star Reserves. And you know, when you have that news item, you have Halliburton coming back, you have LeBron in the building tonight. Jake, I've almost forgotten that tomorrow night is DeMontis Sabonis' first time back in this building. Yeah. As as a player. He Correct. was on the team last
2: year but didn't play. A monster night last night. Sacramento's playing well, man, I'm telling you. What are they third in the West? Yeah. And they that I, I That's a I'm fun starting again, five. Those very seldomly do you say trades work out well for both teams but the two guys do we know the name of the morning show in Sacramento, Mark?
1: Oh, give me a minute. <laughs> Was it what, what are we guessing it is? I I do remember them well above us in the rankings. I bet it's called Three Kings.
2: That's the morning show over there in Sacramento. Um, are they above us in the mid-market rankings? Yes. What do we uh-huh. we're, we're 24? Is that uh,
1: right? I've, I thought we were up to 23rd.
2: <laughs> we don't know where the SACTO guys are but that show they're probably saying the same thing hey man like the, you know Sabonis has just been great da, 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 and yeah Halliburton was a good player but De'Aaron Fox is just absolutely I mean he's putting up monster numbers also and that
1: freed him up I think they had a log jam in the backcourt Pacers had a log jam in the frontcourt that's what that saying was it, yeah. the
3: thought process with that all right Pop Sacktown Sports 11 40 a.m. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they go on at 11 40 a.m. No, wow that's, their, that's, that's not a morning frequent, show that's, that's midday fre- that's
1: their frequency oh you'd be all in on that <laughs> I can imagine how many times he would say that during the show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pop quiz coming up in about five minutes. 317-239-1070. Morning check down time, though, here on the fan.
5: The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Jake,
1: it looked like a three-point shooting contest in Mackey last night. It was a season high in three-pointers made for the Boilers. I think it was 14. And Mason Gillis had nine of them. The Newcastle native set a Mackey record with nine three-pointers, 29 points. His previous career high was 14 in points and three three three-pointers. Carson Edwards made 10 against Virginia, of course, in that historic Elite Eight game. Uh, that is so one short of the Purdue record. Here was Mason Gillis afterwards on his historic night.
6: I mean, honestly, to me, it doesn't feel like I did anything like different than other games. I just it hit a couple shots, and they kept falling. Um, I think sometimes I hesitate to take some of the shots that I took today. Um, kind of just prove to myself that I can do it in-game. I mean, I do it every single day, so there's no reason I can't make shots. Sometimes uh, it's more of like a self-confidence thing. I kind of hesitate whenever it's a night. The first couple ones went in, and I was like, I'm going to just keep shooting it. My teammates kept getting me the ball, so it worked out. Mason Gillis's father, Bill, by
2: the way, the most physically imposing and intimidating basketball player I've ever seen on the floor.
1: Mason Gillis looks intimidating. Yeah. Like, you don't look at him and think three-point shooters. You see his dad, like, he
2: was a senior when I was a freshman in high school, and it was like, whoa, I'm not at Eastwood anymore. Yeah. Like, he, he, was, he was kind of a Dale Davis sculpt, you know what I mean? Like, just a... Well-built guy. 80-60, um, to 60, the final there. Indiana State, 83-65 over Evansville last night. It was Missouri State, 76-67 over Valpo.
1: Tonight we mentioned it. The Pacers back in action, and hopefully Tyrese Halliburton makes his return to the lineup. Elbow and knee injuries have been with sideline Halliburton for the last three weeks. The Pacers have lost 10 of 11. Here was Halliburton earlier this week on his injury situation.
6: Yeah, the elbow's been way worse than the knee. The knee has the knee was an issue for a couple of days. I think that was just precautionary. Once they told me there was nothing wrong structurally, I just started walking and uh I've been fine, I've been running for a while. So uh, it's just about about getting my elbow straight. That's been the biggest struggle. Uh, but you know, every day I'm getting better and uh, hopefully, you know, I'm aiming to play on Thursday and, uh, that's my goal.
1: Jake it does look like in practice pictures he's been wearing I- I think I'd call it a brace. I mean, I don't want to act like it's DeForest Buckner, Robert Gronkowski brace, but it is something that's more than a sleeve, so I'll be interested to see if he wears that in games. Again, that is his left elbow, obviously, non-shooting.
2: LeBron needs 89 tonight to break the record. How many does he get? If he
1: plays? Which it sounds like he is going to play, by the way. We haven't gotten an inkling yet. 26. So they've got one more. On this road trip, is that
2: correct? I think that's right. Yeah, then they go back home.
1: And Anthony Davis played the other night?
2: Yeah, you know that. I mean, he'll break it in L.A., I'm sure, right?
1: Yeah, at New Orleans coming up on Saturday. The home games are Oklahoma City and Milwaukee. Oh, he's
3: getting it against that Thunder game, I think. What about the Bucks? Yeah, I was going to say There's some historical so that's prime, significance. That's a prime oh, time yeah, game too on TNT. What were the? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you break the record
2: of Lou Alcindor Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing for the team that he ended his career with, and playing it against the team he started it with. Good call by Kevin there.
1: You Who's know, had a nice NBA career on the Lakers roster? A Tom Crean product.
2: A Tom Crean product on the Laker roster. Uh, this would. Oh, Thomas
1: Bryant. Thomas Bryant's had a nice. Nice little I don't know run if you know he does
2: this or not, but when they lost to, was it North Carolina they lost to in the tournament in Thomas Bryant's last year? Sweet 16. Uh, Tom Crean just got up from having his arm around Thomas Bryant two hours ago. He made sure he was there for every camera that walked in.
1: Oh, were you saying that's a bit of a staged performance? Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, Notre Dame then lost to Tom's North Carolina a Tom fellow. in the Elite Eight. In that one. Um, all right, Aaron Glenn, right? That is name number eight for the Colts in the second interview uh, group. That is reportedly today. We talked a little bit about Glenn earlier. Um, Lions defensive coordinator, Dan Campbell. Chris Bauer is very fond of Dan Campbell. Lions were here for joint practices back in August, so Bauer got to look at Glenn up close. If you look at Detroit's season defensively, pretty bad early on. Made some big improvements down the stretch. A lot of rookie starters on that side of the ball. Ironically, Jake, I think the thing that probably stands out the most about Glenn's resume, you don't find very often. Very good player, NFL scout, and NFL coach, all in the same resume. He was right. a scout with the Jets for a few seasons.
2: Well, and he played. Didn't he play for Parcells, right? Yeah. So he's been. You know, he's been around. Is he known as some, a Jet? Big... Is that what he's known most as? Probably. Don't you think? Did he go to Texas A&M?
1: Yeah, he was a top yeah. 15 pick I mean, out of Texas A&M.
2: I still think of him in that regard.
1: And honestly, I was curious if Ballard knew him from those Texas days. I think they're similar ages from a similar part of the state. Yeah, played for the Jets for quite a while. Texans, Cowboys, Jags, and Saints. So we'll continue to keep you it's monitored. It's kind of hard to
2: be memorable if you played that. as a Jet for the majority of your career, right? Oh, well, that's,
1: tell that to Mark Sanchez.
2: I mean, okay, you got a butt for school. Curtis the Martin? Curtis Martin... Chad I mean, Pennington? I think of Curtis Martin... I guess you're right. I mean, majority Jet.
1: Who could throw the ball further, Chad Pennington or Brock Purdy on Sunday?
2: Uncle Rico. That's a good question. Chad Pennington was known for his pinpoint accuracy, but as soon as he had that rotator cuff, man, it was over.
3: And who's my favorite, Jet? I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. That I want to kiss put you.
1: Put on a Thanks, tee for Mark
4: Huge yeah. compliment.
3: Did we plan that?
4: No. Our, best, our best stuff is
3: when we don't plan anything. <laughs> the night, right about
1: now is when we hit our stride. Right? How many G's in struggling? Just in. <laughs> I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team
2: struggling. About eight. You know what? I'll give him Shout credit out though. out to Scotty. I'll, I'll give him credit. Wayne Corbet. Oh yeah. I'll give. Nameth credit because he actually got the knot in there. For I could not care less because people always say I could care less. Well, the phrase is I could not well, care great, less. Great yeah, grammar there
1: dude. by Joe Willie.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: That great Alabama energy, education, baby. Energy and grammar. He checked both those boxes. Yeah. yeah. Everything else, I don't know if he checked. I mean, come on.
2: Uh, Alabama, by the way, one of only two universities to have three Super Bowl winning
1: quarterbacks. Do you know the other one, Kevin? Mark, either one? I feel like we've done this game. The game we do, is that the quarterback-U.S. president game? That's a good one, too. Uh, I don't know. Good precursor to the pop quiz. Stanford, Notre Dame, Delaware, Miami, Ohio.
2: Boiler up, baby. Purdue? Is it Purdue? Lynn Dawson, Bob Greasy, and Drew Brees. So
1: was Dawson the Chiefs?
2: Yes. Smoking some heaters in the halftime. Drinking himself some Fresca. Famous photo.
1: I think Namath might have been doing that there before. (laughs) Old Susie on the sidelines. All right, pop quiz coming up in a few. 317-239-1070. Yeah!
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
5: You studied. Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz with Kevin and Quarry. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil chain since 1985.
1: You know, I don't say this often, but I think the, um,
3: I think this pop quiz, I think it's doable. This is not the repeat from yesterday, right? The Question two is kind review. of
2: tricky, depending on your age.
1: Scotty changed one of them, he said. By the way, I meant to tell you guys. So you know how Tucker Barnhart, we had him on earlier in the week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Him, Ray Davis. It's been a nice guest show. Dane five terrific. Tomorrow, both voices of the Hoosiers and Boilers going to join us ahead of this weekend. So the po- or the podcast will have all those. Yeah, Tucker mentioned to us that he's shipping his car out to... Arizona for spring training. Right. So I just did a quick Google search for my car, like how much it would cost. I was curious about it, and I put in my email. They won't stop contacting me. <laughs> <laughs> I that just was got an error on your part. I've gotten two voicemail. I don't know where my cell phone. Hey, got this, in there. They this are sometime.
2: constant. Do this sometime. Google affordable health insurance and hit send.
3: Oh gosh. Or like if you're just trying to like view houses or something like that, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, here you want to look at like a virtual you know blueprint and then you'll get hammered somehow
2: i got realtors. on some spam list where i get multiple emails a day that's like your your invoice is here
1: yeah oh yeah i'm on that one too yeah. you Good and me,
2: lord man
1: and i'm just thinking to myself like shipping my car is never th- something i've ever thought about in my 33 years on this earth and sure enough i'm getting an email every <laughs> two hours about it. and voicemails and they're constant and these are human beings not robots really leaving these voicemails too yeah, at yeah. least I think they're human. Yeah, that's what I was going
2: to
3: say. They're pretty sneaky these days. Yeah,
1: it can be. Uh, speaking of sneaky, Mark?
3: Yes? Number one through eight for I us? I thought you were calling me sneaky. Well, um I don't know. I, how about how about number one overall pick over there picks one? Ooh. You. You going
2: fast, Fingers, Jake? Uh, I. We each got four selections, so let's go
7: with the number four. Jamie. Jamie! What's happening, fellas? Jamie, what's happening with you? oh not much just hanging out at work jamie what line of work are you in i am in the medical field mm-hmm. are you a doctor well no let, let's not let's not mistake that let's not get me confused with dr mottman or anything i deal with <laughs> I, I deal with medical equipment so. okay and that you work for striker no i do not we i work with a uh for a competitor of strikers so
2: and what what part of the body do you like do you sell like knee braces or you know like what
7: we we deal with um bariatric frames Mm -hmm. and low air loss mattresses things of that nature now do you know dr mottman no i do not you
2: just know of dr mottman from the show yeah, exactly. That must make you a regular listener, Jamie, which is much appreciated.
1: You also sound yes. smart, Jamie, so thank you for listening. <laughs> you do. Or
2: you're aware that you've called Kevin and Querry, right? Now, um, yes. just out of curiosity, Jamie, I've gotten some heat this morning. They said I was overly grumpy. I, I, I personally felt like I was very peppy and upbeat this morning. Where would you score it?
7: Jake, you, you have not sounded grumpy at all.
1: Thank way, you. I'm, getting, Thank a, you, I'm getting a call, I think, from that company again, that that car shipping company. <laughs> oh, put company. him on the air. Put him on the air. <laughs> Jamie, you, you needed <laughs> to be tuning in at 7 a.m. this morning. He literally referred to human beings as jackasses That's a, for,
4: Jamie.
2: For, for really no reason. Here's what I said, Jamie, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. I said... Oftentimes at halftime of a Colts game, they have a competition do we have, do we for the, have
3: the audio. Mark? Do we have the audio? I'm bearing it. It's never going to be seen. All I said, Jamie, was I yeah. Think Jake's moving the
2: goalpost. They at halftime of the Colts game. Sometimes they pick some jackass out of the crowd to come down and try to field a punt. Now that's not me saying that the person is a jackass. That's me saying that it is a jackassery type behavior because it's impossible to do, and everyone is made to look like a jackass. How do you see it?
7: I, that's the way that's the exact way i see it yeah
1: jamie wants hence yeah. that's exactly what he wants
2: right now <laughs> jamie this pop would you like would you like for you your new best friend that would be me to lead you off with question number one or would you like for kevin to lead you off this morning
7: i will take jake on
2: this well thank you jamie i appreciate that uh jamie what high school did you attend by the way i
7: attended anderson highland anderson highland
2: i'm going to guess you were uh, class of 94
7: Man, that 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 is a great guess, Jake. That is exactly what class I graduated in. <laughs> Come on now. Who's the grumpy
2: old man now? All right, here we go, Jamie. Question number one. There is only one non-guard who is in the top ten on the NBA's all-time career assist list. As a matter of fact, he moved into fourth place on that list on Tuesday night. He is currently number two in all-time scores in the NBA. Who is this player? Oh. He's going to be at the Fieldhouse tonight.
1: It's just a kid from Akron. LeBron James. Okay. Jamie, what's your favorite restaurant off Scatterfield? (laughs) One of the Uh, seven IHOPs.
7: Yeah. I would have to say probably Applebee's.
3: Ah. Is there anything better than Applebee's? Good in the neighborhood. I love Applebee's. (laughs) Is that Applebee's or is that Chili's? All right,
1: Jamie. uh, Sean Payton hired by the Broncos, the franchise's 20th head coach. Who's the winningest head coach in Broncos history? Is it Dan Reeves, Red Miller, John Fox, or Mike Shanahan?
7: Go with Mike Shanahan.
2: Jamie, who was the kid that was. They had a. A tall a center that I think was at Highland Around your graduating class That went on to play at maybe Evansville Do you know who I'm talking about? Gary McGee at
7: Pittsburgh? Uh, Gary McGee was uh, He was
1: A lot younger
7: Yeah But uh, there was two that were right around my age uh, Dan Herman and Dave Foskel
2: I think it, maybe it's Foskel Then there was also uh, Is Highland still open? No it is not I thought Highland is now Anderson High School. They've they've consolidated
7: and it's in the is that right? Highland is now a middle school. Okay. And the old the old Madison Heights high school gotcha. is now the Anderson High School. Gotcha. Okay,
2: here we go. Demico Ryans became just we just the tried sixth- to ice Jamie, didn't we? <laughs> That's right. Demico Ryans became just the sixth head coach in Houston Texans history. Frank Reich was hired by the Carolina Panthers over the weekend. Ryans and Reich are two of three head coaches. Who are currently coaching an NFL team that they once played for? Who is the third? Is it Ron Rivera, Dan Campbell, Doug Peterson, or Todd Bowles? I believe it's Dan
1: Campbell. Okay. Ron Rivera strikes me as a pretty good football player.
2: Yeah, I could see that. He looks like he would be.
1: Is he a bear? Yep. All right, number four, Patrick Mahomes. Jamie, led the NFL in passing yards during the 2022 regular season. He's the seventh quarterback to reach the Super Bowl after leading the league in passing yards during the regular season. How many of the previous six won the Super Bowl? Oh.
7: We'll go with three.
2: Three. Okay, your last question. That's a tough one. On this day, this player became the first in NCAA Division I men's basketball to reach 3,000 points for his career. He was hot as a pistol. Was it Oscar Robertson, oh, Elvin me, Hayes, you Pete Maravich, or Freeman Williams? Pete Maravich. Okay.
1: Yeah, Jake's going to come over the bottle later for you, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, that was... Randy Zachary, was he Highland? Yes. Link
2: Darner, was he Highland? Yes. And then Stu uh, Robinson and Winston Morgan were Madison
7: Heights, right? That's exactly right. Okay.
1: I feel like we need Chap on for this conversation. This is a big Mike Chapel conversation here. I, we, we said it during the break, Jake. I'd be fascinated to know you watch Pete Maravich's games. You go back and watch every one. How many points would he have with a three-point Or well, how
2: many assists did he lose out on because people had no idea the ball was coming because he, he had eyes <laughs> in the back of his head. Scotty
1: brought up a good point. Another year of eligibility, too, You know, only playing... Three years. All right, Jamie, tremendous effort. The only non guard who's in the top 10 on the NBA's all time career assist list. He moved into fourth place Tuesday night. LeBron. Yes!
2: Uh, Question two, and I give big ups to Jamie on this because Dan Reeves is probably what I would have guessed based on just age proximity, but he had 110 wins as a head coach. Mike Shanahan was correct, 138. Great, though. Scotty, who
1: do you think is second on the non guard assist list in NBA history? Magic's technically a guard, I assume. As I say, if Walton had played a
9: career... Bill Walton? He was the
4: best passing big man mm. I can
1: remember. But. Will Jokic be close? Oh, yeah. when it's all
2: said and done. Sabonis? I'll go with Carl Malone. Ooh. Only because of the number of times he would have kicked it back
1: out to Stockton. Yeah. Jamie's like, just tell me if I got all five right. <laughs> okay, uh, D'Amico Ryans, Texans, Frank Reich, Panthers, the other head coach who also played for that team. Indeed, the Fighting Damian. That game. is correct. And God, Four was tough.
2: Obviously, Maravich was correct. Question number four. Mahomes led the NFL in passing yards during the 2022 regular season, the seventh quarterback to reach the Super Bowl after leading the league in passing yards during the regular season. How many of the previous six won the Super Bowl? Marino in 84, Kurt Warner in 01, Rich Gannon in 02, Brady in 07, Manning in 2013, and Brady in 2017 all lost in the Super Bowl. The correct answer was nada, zero, zip, none. You but Jamie, that was strong, man.
7: Great work, Jamie. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a
2: lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser.
7: <laughs> well, it was uh, it was fun while it lasted.
1: Oh, Mark, I thought we were gonna get a little Vanderjack clip. Oh, I can play that before we get out of here. Twenty year anniversary, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Uh, top twenty five are all guards i'm looking here oh ah scotty has found the answer
1: thank you for looking that up
2: scotty found the answer and he is 35th overall he is the namesake of the man that does the pop quiz scotty pippen the correct answer scotty pippen
1: his daughter it's either him or rodman their daughter's like an unreal soccer player like u.s national team I, I i think it's rodman i think that's right Pippin might be volleyball now that I'm thinking about it. Pippin's daughter. Um, all right, we'll do one final time here. Kevin and Corey rounded it out. Jake, um, LeBron is...
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Building tonight, the career speaks for itself. I'm a big, like, longevity person. To me, that is a huge factor in kind of defining greatness, LeBron has played with how many father-son combinations? Played against, I should say. How many father-son combinations in his career? I'm going to go with the Currys. Guess the number, and then we can go the actual father-sons. I'll say six. He's played against eight father-sons. Curry's not one of them.
2: Um, don't laugh here because my years are probably way off the rivers. No. I mean, Doc would have been towards the end of his career by the mid nineties. LeBron came in in the early two thousands. So, um,
1: we do have a former Pacer. If you want to get started somewhere, uh, within the last five years, this Pacer, Oh, well, first
2: off, okay, again, I, and I know that when I say these, people are going to laugh and be like, Quarry's years are so off. It's hard, The father, sometimes it just depends on how long they went into their career. I, I can't remember the exact years, uh, the bonuses. No. I was going to say Vitas would have been long yeah. gone by, yeah, he was gone by the mid-80s, I guess, probably. Like,
1: I wouldn't have sniffed even getting any of these. I don't know. I thought, I thought your brain, th- th- this could be something that you would nab a couple um i'll get you started with a few kenyon martin and his son
2: yeah i never would have guessed that gary payton okay that one
1: makes sense yeah Uh, okay what about um tim hardaway not tim hardaway okay that's a good one um glenn robinson
2: oh yeah okay
1: jalen brunson and rick
2: would never have guessed that in a thousand years samaki walker he has a son in the
1: league? Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. Uh, recent draft pick in the top 10 from this past year. Two of them, actually. Oh. Murray? A.J. Griffin and Adrian Griffin. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And Jabari Smith and his dad. And the final one would be Gary Trent.
2: Yeah, boy, that's the baby baby
1: Shaq. The Shaq of the Mac, Gary Trent. The dad that is—it's kind of wild. Eight father sons, and I mean that list will grow. I would—I yeah. would. I, would ass- I mean, LeBron's playing what? Several more years, right? You know,
2: it, this goes back to. I can appreciate and I applaud the people that regularly send me stuff about how their fourth and fifth grade kid is destined to be like. You know, they just went to AAU nationals and dominated, and they're going to be the greatest player ever. Um, there is no coincidence in a thing called genetics. There are an awful lot of players in the NBA who, genetically speaking, their parents were NBA players or their mom was an elite athlete, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, athletics, not even just the genetics from a physical standpoint, but I just think the the total understanding and the the mindset necessary to apply oneself to be oh, for sure. that level is just a whole different ballgame.
1: Right, what's our favorite Pro Bowl skills competition we're looking forward to? Boy, that
2: tic-tac-toe and the kicking thing is cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cool.
1: Uh you got dodgeball, you got the longest drive, you've got a jugs machine catching competition, a precision passing. Tug of war, I think could be cool.
2: Yeah, that the tug of war was great in Revenge of the Nerds when the uh Lambda Lambda Lambdas just knew right away that against the jocks they were gonna so they just let go of the rope. No! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ogre landed up, ended Got up right it. on his keister. Did they have a belching competition? have a competition? for tonight?
1: This is in the Raiders practice facility, by the way.
2: These are probably half the things the Raiders do on a regular anyway, right?
1: A flag football game then on Sunday. The flag football between game is where... Between the AFC and NFC. That's what tore Robert Edwards' knee up, right? Each. That was on a beach, right? Yeah, it was a beach flag football game, right? Yeah, this is going to be inside of the Raiders' stadium. Practice facility tonight for the skills competition and the flag football game coming up on Sunday. Um, you to do the anniversary audio? Oh, speaking of the Pro Bowl, yeah. yeah. So, Mark,
3: you said 20 years ago today? 20 years ago Jake, today. Jake, you were there? I was there, baby. Cue it up, Mark. Peyton Manning was asked a question, and uh, this is what he said. There was
5: an article, a story, Mike Vanderjack and your team yeah, made some comments, questioning maybe your passion and your and, and, and the personality of you and Tony Dungy had to yeah. being winners.
7: Yeah, that's hard to believe, Lamb. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. I'm about to go in and throw a touchdown to Jerry Rice. We're honoring the Hall of Fame. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So. <laughs> hey, Al, Dan, what does the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. Acres and Benetary, these guys are great guys. They've been getting killed all week because our idiot ran his
3: mouth So, so I'll deal with it when I get home, you know. I, I, I hadn't heard the full clip in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. It goes on for another, like, 30 seconds, I think, too, but... And Venatari obviously became his teammate a few years. I remember.
2: Later. So I,
3: is that the most controversial thing
2: he said? Yeah, and and in typical Peyton fashion, You're he the kind of headline, I guess. He did like in typical Peyton fashion. He was um, passive aggressive in his part about like these guys are great guys. You know, and Akers, they they they've been getting killed because our kicker. And that was I was there for Channel Six, and then had set up for a post game interview, and I remember asking him about it, and you know, kind of. I mean at that point I'm asking him to comment on his comments you know what I mean it's kind of awkward but
1: um, who was that sideline reporter that was Lynn Swan wasn't it was it yeah yep gosh that's priceless good audio quality there 20 years ago today, oh yeah too. you
3: can tell there's tracking on the VHS uh-huh. tape Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: real good uh, again, Pacers-Lakers tonight. Our coverage will begin at 6.30. It sounds like LeBron's going to play. It sounds like Tyrese Halliburton's going to play. Lakers a slight favorite in that one. we got a big one tomorrow. previewing IU and Purdue, Kev. Big one. Don Fisher, Rob Blackman join us tomorrow. Again, Ray Davis up on the podcast. Dane Fife from yesterday. Everybody have a great Thursday.
5: and 107.5 The Fan, your home for indie sports. Now with even more ways to listen.
4: Listen on air.
5: Online at 107.5TheFan.com.
4: And on our free app. Stay connected to all things indie sports, including the latest news, show blogs, and catch up.